Hey everybody and welcome to episode 492 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparas, coming to you from the Vincent Garcia Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash lasertime and join us at the $20 level. Who's joining me now? Uh, dripping with joy, Chris Antista. Gross. <laughs> and... <laughs> I thought Bros was a sequel to Step Brothers, and I want my money back. <laughs> Matthew Hallen. Okay, and special guest. Trying to keep my head above water, Anthony Abbott. Hey, yeah, hey. Aren't we all? Thank you for aren't joining we us. we all, Anthony? Thanks um, for the invite. Where can people see or hear more of you? Please say it. You can find me on twitch.tv slash Bruce Wayne Brady, where I stream games on the weekend. Also on, <laughs> also on Twitter at Bruce Wayne Brady. And because... Chris, the response that I get from you, that's why I have that name. I love that. That's, yeah. that's It why never does it work for me. It's such a good name. <laughs> is I, Bruce Wayne Brady going to have to choke a bitch? I love... I guess, I guess that's his Batman voice. I love your Bruce Halloween name, by the way. Bruce Wayne Hades. That's fantastic. That's a good Thank one. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> I'm in that phase of Twitter Halloween name dumb where it's like I really don't care, so I don't really try at all, and it's like purposely try to make a bad Halloween name. We've all been there, I right? spent like I, the I, first I, half of this year is screaming Jack Porkins... Just kept it from last Halloween. Yeah. I mean, I'm, like, I'm, I'm like one of those people that never takes down the decorations. Chris is still Christmas Antista. I'm, yeah, I'm one of those traditions where I haven't changed my Twitter profile name in two years, but it's still Halloween and Christmas representative, so I think it counts. Yeah. Please don't follow me. Don't care. <laughs> Fair enough. I think I tried to go like Matthew All Hallows Eve, and mm. you know, like I said, and purposely bad. Like just get it all in there. Yeah, my, do it. my name doesn't pun into anything. It sucks. Like, what What I got? Like, my kill Scareparas. My Scareparas. Was piss Sam Haynes Tista. It was real bad. Wow. It was real bad. Wow. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> just lean into it hard. Uh, so as you can probably tell... We're getting into spooky season, and for yeah, what I what I usually call Spooptober every year. Spooptober. Spooptober. Uh, can, I make a, can I make a tiny announcement? Sure. Uh, just to plug patreoncom slash laser time. Don't even wait for me to finish my thought. Go for you it. You said yes. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, uh, the '80s and Death Crew. We're gonna uh, finish up uh, uh, the Child's Play season of Elm Street Nightmare, and. Um, yeah, patreon.com slash laser time, five bucks, in addition to a bunch of other shows. Uh, we're going to finish out the Child's Play era, and holy shit, it's been weird. That Chucky series has reinvented itself more than Fast and the Furious. I'm I, seeing I, ads for the TV show they're starting up, so that must be a new season going yeah, it's or something. Pretty, it's, it's, it's delightful in that, like not unlike Marvel Comics, it's refreshed, but it's never rebooted or thrown anything out. It's changed completely what it is, and it started out silly, so imagine what they gave up on. Let's say a movie that starts with a giant drip of cum coming down the screen. That's what we'll be talking about. You say it's silly, and yet as a kid that was so That was the experience of everyone. I never was scared by Chucky. Never. It It wasn't Chucky himself. It was that... Uh, this must be a universal human thing. Like, there's always that one creepy doll that, yeah. you know, is sitting there that you're like, that thing looks like it could come to life at any moment. And that movie is the yeah. realization of that creepy but it doll. But cool. it's like the parody version. You had Zuni Fetish yeah. doll, you had Poltergeist, and you had uh, Chucky, which was like, now it talks and, and does funny shit and kills yeah. people. Well, then now they have what's what's the Annabelle is, is the serious version again, which right. is apparently all based on a... 
real life doll. Yeah, the the real we life did doll. A laser have you ever about... seen the real life doll? It's we a did a laser time yeah. about that. The people who started that, and it is hysterical that anyone ever believed them. Yes, and mm. <laughs> not the so much that there's a great frauds. there's a great conjuring universe. That's still fun, but like and doll. Dude. If you're listening to this, that's Chris Antista talking yeah, shit. Come not at me. me, not me. <laughs> come I'm at me. Well, All the right. thing about the thing about the Chucky doll too was it was like that uh, the My Buddy dolls from the eighties. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, so Wherever I go, he goes. That's Although I, I did send these guys a meme earlier this week of like, remember Chucky? This is him now, and he looked just like Al Borland from Home Improvement. Like, <laughs> just, he, he looked like, he looked like Rush Limbaugh. Yes, yeah, yeah but like way a, scarier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, Spooptober. Spooptober. I, I was trying to introduce the show. This is where we begin a, a month-long forced march through horror themes that nobody likes, and uh, our listeners will fall off, but not you. You're here. You're cool. You're listening. I, I think this has a unifying thing to like yeah. something people might not normally consider in the horror genre, but I would fight to the death that it is. Mm. Well, I mean, this is one that's near and dear to my heart because since I was a, a little kid watching too many reruns of Jaws on TV, I say reruns because they just, you know, ran the movie over and over again and I'd watch it whenever it was on. Uh, I, I have a, a huge fear of being underwater and helpless as things that are much bigger and faster than me swim around and uh, approach menacingly, possibly with intent to eat me. And there are some excellent games out there that try to bottle that feeling up and and market it as a game whether you're you know 40 fathoms below in a in a bubble under the sea with just oppression coming in at all sides or uh staggering through the darkness in a diving suit waiting for something to eat you i have less of a fear of like sharks and alligators even though that is very much a reality growing up in florida yeah, mm-hmm. you, you've uh, had a story about, like, you know, kicking a, a shark's severed head underwater. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would freak out, always thinking I'm stepping on a shark, until the two times I actually stepped on a severed shark's head. Put it oh. in an ant bed, had him eat the flesh off, bleach the jaw. It was cool. Mm. Uh, but it wasn't, like, it wasn't like a shark. It was way too small to attack you. Like, it would have been like a three-footer oh, kind of okay. thing. Uh, but, but part of being underwater... If you've ever been tangled in seaweed or like kind of one of my nightmares is like falling in the water at Disneyland mm. and like getting, you could just get your ankle caught on whatever those <laughs> world of color fountains are yep. and get stuck down there. Like, and people do like pe- most oh, people yeah. I think who, yeah. who have died in Disney, Disney world, uh, fall in the water. And Hold can't on, get guys, out. I got to cancel a trip to Anaheim this weekend. Yeah. I said world. Well, don't actually, worry. Don't yeah. worry. Anaheim's fine. The people <laughs> no. mover's closed. Yeah, that the people the mover was the big killer in Disneyland. Well, and, uh, But it's a similar thing like Chris is talking about. The people mover between the cars had a track, but it was like... It's fucking There's tires. like a slot in between the cars that people wouldn't see, and they would put their foot in there. And, and the way that system worked, there was no safety where... It would just continue to grind up your anything that went past it because because mm. basically the the it's a series of gears moving these cars along the track right and so they were they were like radial tires moving them like it, with no sensors of any kind on well never mind yeah 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 but it's it's well I think you might be thinking of the um, ones from um, Tomorrowland Haunted Mansion World. yeah the Haunted Mansion and, and 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 but for me. When you broached this topic, did you say the topic already? It's undersea horror games. Under the sea. Yeah, I think I, I described it, it without actually saying what it was. I right. think of the uh, Henry Thomas movie, The Quest, also known mm, as Frog yeah. Dreaming in other territories, 
Mm. And that before Much the internet, that was. Um, um, did you you remember the movie? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, like I, almost I, everybody saw it, but no one could remember the name, and it was like unobtainable. Forever. Here's the thing: I, I I watched it once because it was introduced by an announcer who probably said, uh, you know, Henry Thomas from E.T. E.T. And baby. I just heard E.T. And I thought it was going to be a sequel to E.T. And I was very <laughs> upset that E.T. never showed up. This kid keeps yeah. getting in trouble. It's like an episode of 24. Mm-hmm. I heard E.T. and I was just waiting for the Entertainment Tonight crew yes. to appear. What's that but guy, the, the, John Tish? Tesh? Mm-hmm. Whatever it's fucking But I mean, that, that's part of, I think, some of what we're talking about. Like, whenever anybody tries to move, move mechanical shit underwater, like, dude, the ocean doesn't want us there. It, it, it yeah. fights against building mm-hmm. anything down there. Don't do that. And this this spoiler for the quest, it is a steam shovel that routinely surfaces and freaks people out. They think it's a monster, but it also, like, people get caught up in it, and they just don't know what it is. Like the That was man- the plot of a Dr. Layton game, or Professor Layton <laughs> game. <laughs> There's a steam shovel people thought was a monster. But no, real quick, it's to a close bunny the loop, up in the billabong. To close the loop on the Disneyland thing, the thing is, I think people have sort of the opposite perception of the Disney parks. Like, if they knew how much machinery and stuff was really close to the surface, yeah. they would be even more terrified of that. Because mm-hmm. it's like, they they assume the water's really deep and all that shit. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's like, there's stuff like four feet down. Like, those boats, yeah. those huge boats that go around, those don't go that deep in the water, you know? Like, and they're, and they're, they're on a track, boats. and there's yeah, things yeah. to catch your fucking clothes on and, like, keep you underwater. It's like, technically... A shark may bite you, but it's not going to, like, bring you down. Alligator will. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's the other big thing. So there's, there's like, fear of... There's got to be some sort of German name of a phobia of machinery underwater. But oh, really, sure. the stuff that scares me more, it's it's that fear of the unknown creatures. The yeah. creepy crawlies, the slimies. It's why, to this day, I can handle swimming in the ocean, Pacific Ocean, way more than I can handle freshwater lakes because freshwater lakes you can't see shit you might yep. as well be swimming in mud and i'm like Tastes no like thank tea. you and if you're doing it in the bay area i remember we, we found a lake to swim in and it was like condemned two weeks later for being too toxic because oh, it's boy. in the middle of a city yeah, uh yeah all that shit the, the bacteria stuff will get you if you've never had that bacteria that crawls up your pee hole mm. um we've had that holy lord there's I, just i'm again once again going to to defend the sharks here, they kill like two people a year, yet <laughs> more people drown in Disneyland at grad night. There's so We've just listed like four terrifying things about water. You listed bacteria <laughs> that can be in there. We've yeah, talked I, about animals. I mean, like, going terrifying. to Disneyland and Universal Studios, I had nightmares for years afterward about like falling in and getting ground up by like whatever yeah. exposed gears were just under the surface. Yeah, yeah I think that that's part of it because a lot of... They don't make stuff like that anymore, but like uh, in the future, we'll live under the sea, go to come to this undersea hotel. I'm like, no, a- absolutely not. What's your escape? One right. leak, what happens? What do you yeah, do? Yeah, I saw Jaws like, 3D. Yeah. Fuck that yeah. shit. And just, exactly. I, I was reading this thing in the New York Times about like getting hybrid car battery material off the ocean floor where there's an abundance of it, but nobody knows shit about People know more about the surface of Mars than that far down in the ocean and what yeah. could yeah, happen down there. It's true. Like, there's still so much of our planet we have not explored because it's too far down. There's, the, I mean, that's the other thing to, to fear about water is pressure. I, lo- like if, I lost. If you've ever gone diving in a pool deeper than like 10 feet, you will feel that shit on your ears. I, and realize, I dove like, when 20 really feet deep. down inside of a spring fed cave and mm-hmm. lost an eardrum. 
Yeah. Jesus. And uh, they always say your ears, your equilibrium, everything spun, and I couldn't find the top of the water, which would, yeah. felt like forever. It was crazy. Yeah. It's a real, it's a real deal, man. So it's like, I, 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 here's I, the thing with the with the underwater, like the deep sea stuff. When you see pictures of the creatures, they actually find they're like all our fears are realized. That is the scariest looking creatures on planet Earth, or come yeah. from like deep mm, sea yeah. shit. You know, like every, every underwater documentary, you're like, what the fuck what is the that? What the fuck thing? is <laughs> that? It, they're like, it produces yeah, its no own. No one can see us. We can be as gross and hideous as we want <laughs> down they, here. Yeah, they all look like Gollum. Yeah, like every yes. single fish yeah. from deep sea. It's like like this is a koosh ball frozen in liquid nitrogen, where every spike hurts, yet it produces its own light from its head somehow. Mm -hmm. it's insane it's all nightmare fuel and teeth yeah Yeah, it's a good way to put it and 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 michael i i i I hate to do this but i just wanted to because uh Mm -hmm. we lost a friend and colleague over the yes yes and and, and he who was on our show several times was he yeah well was it when it was talk radar right Yes, who we, we but but like even like uh, Rob Smith, who mm-hmm. I I knew as uh, EIC of I think PC Gamer OXM and P Tom at one point, like just editor in chief of all that stuff, just like a really yeah. nice guy. And talking about Disneyland made me want to mention we we had a press appointment there, and then we there was an outdoor bar, and we were just like, let's see how long it takes before Disney kicks us out. And if you've never heard me tell. Disney, one time when I was drunk and climbing on everything, they were just like, sir, wouldn't you be happier down here? They don't tell you no, because they don't want you to have a bad time. They just try and shame you out of doing it. Like, how long do you think we can stay in this? Like, it felt like being in an abandoned park. It's past 10 o'clock. How long before they kick us out? Not only did they not kick us out, the bartender somehow managed to leave without us ever seeing them. And uh, Rob was always kind of good for that. Like, after a press event hanging out, he wrote the... um, History of LucasArts book, Rogue yeah, Leaders. Yeah, Rogue Leaders. Yeah. And that was when he was first on the show, and I, but he did a couple, I think, at PAX. Uh, good guy, and he'll be yeah. missed, and we lost him this week. So I, I loved working with him. Me too. But it was just like he sort of did everything in the in the magazine field and uh, like before, and did a ton of stuff on the internet with Machinima as well. So mm. like, I, I, dude had a ton of great stories, really fun to hang out with, really professionally generous. Yeah, it was really tough to hear that. And then, yeah, it really was. Yeah, like the second person ever, I think, who's been on one of our shows who's not with us anymore. It fucking sucks. Yeah. R.I.P. Mm. Can, can I make Smith. a tasteless magazine joke at, at, that I'm sure he would appreciate? Is He actually died two and a half months ago, but it's just now reaching Oh, his goodness. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Feel uh, free to lead time. He, he probably <laughs> would appreciate it, actually. You'll find out in the December issue, which <laughs> comes out this week. <laughs> and... and uh, uh, I, I did want to say he gave he was super nice and gave me an advanced copy of Rogue Leaders, his nice. book on the history yeah. of Lucasfilm, which is, and then he gave me other copies to give away. Now those books are worth five hundred dollars. Yeah, it's been out of print for years. Yeah, so technically, Rob may have, if I still have some of these, Rob may have paid me more than any other <laughs> magazine <laughs> EIC just through these books. So. Nice. Oh, I wish I could tell him that. Uh, All right. So let's just get into the top five, beginning with possibly the most obvious one. Number five. Is a man not entitled to the sweat of his brow? No, says the man in Washington. It belongs to the poor. No, says the man in the Vatican. It belongs to God. No, says the man in Moscow. It belongs to everyone. 
I rejected those answers. Instead, I chose something different. I chose the impossible. I chose rapture. No, said the man in the fedora. It belongs in a museum. In a museum. <laughs> it's like it, if like Trump was educated, that's what he mm. would sound like. I was going to say, remember when when right wingers um, used to hate Moscow? Like he doesn't make <laughs> speech like he was. Now well, Moscow used to be communist. Now they're some sort of weird libertarian capitalist. Yeah. Um, now now they realize like, man, they did a really good job of keeping out the colored people and uh, oppressed gay people. We can learn a thing or two from Russia. Sorry for bringing that it, down. <laughs> I just find it bio shocking that this is <laughs> number five on the list. Yeah. Well, Michael, you were you were questioning the inclusion of this entry on the list. I, well, my, I have I had a rationale because you do. this is well. First off, it's a really easy starting topic, uh, easy to talk about. Everybody knows it, and it is less hard horror than some of the games that we'll be talking about, like. If you're, if you're talking about, like, underwater games, bam, number one, possibly number two, next to one mm-hmm. of the other ones we'll talk about. Um, but, yeah, when it comes to horror, like, it, it goes pretty hard with the horror at the beginning, and yeah. then that tapers off and it becomes more of an action adventure. Like, right. by the yeah. time that you finish that game, Rapture will feel like a home away from home. And including, like, like, every Resident hand. Evil game in recent yes. history. Well, yes. but, but it does it sooner than most Resident Evil games. Yeah, and, and the, the, the two successive games could much more easily be called action games. And Infinity well, although, is no horror element. The Big Sisters in 2, pretty scary. Like, yeah, every yeah, encounter sure. with the Big Sisters pretty but scary. But, like, yeah. it, it doesn't... What I was... I'm not saying I like won the argument with Michael because I don't think you were going to disinclude this. No, but it was just like you have to remember playing this the first time when like you've seen yep. the Big Daddy and press materials and you just sort of hear it bouncing around and maybe the mm-hmm. first time you meet it, it beats the shit out of you and you don't have any idea how to deal with it. It's like what the core of Alien Isolation is. Yeah, and 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 the for me one of my most vivid memories of Bioshock is picking up audio logs in the rooms of corpses and learning Mm, things about them. I was, I think Michael justifiably is like, had you finished Bioshock, you know, it's not a straightforward horror game, but it uses horror for hours. Yeah. Just, you know, you get, you get poignant audio logs like this one. Hey, Brenda, you can't still be playing myself. I can't. So there's a rock coming out of your cracker going on three folks now. Now, I ain't saying I'm Shakespeare. I'm trying to run a respectable theater. I got working folk coming in from Port Neptune trying to catch a little diversion. And all they can think about is a stink coming out of your shitter. Get it fixed. Uh, big gaping hole in the, the bathroom wall. Somebody's complaining about it. And they recorded it on an audio log and left it sitting in the bathroom they were complaining about. Why wouldn't you? Find. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there, there's, there's some horrifying audio logs where you're staring yeah. at a corpse talking to you from beyond the grave, telling you what their issues were and maybe how they died. And that's when I decided to wrap myself in an American flag so I could become environmental storytelling. So I had to think back when I first played Bioshock, I wasn't convinced that everything would be haunted or people would be bitten by a zombie virus until I got to the end. And we all know where it ends now, but I think the the successful argument I made to Michael is like if they eventually get 
that Bioshock Netflix series off the ground, the first four episodes will be horror, period. Because, yeah, because that game, even yeah. before you reach the Big Daddy encounter, yeah. Oh, like yeah. you heard it in that in that audio well, log, the the party goers, the people yeah. you encounter, mm-hmm. which they do a lot of horror tropes that they slam against glass doors and stuff yeah. like that, and they have these grotesque masks on, and and I forget why. Why does it explain why are they all insane? Did some did they, well? I have I have a clip. So okay, your okay. your very first uh, once you make it to Rapture proper, and you know you after you're overcome by the wonder of this big underwater city. Uh, you get to watch this unfold outside the window of your diving bell. There's a guy who was sent to meet you, and he gets ambushed by some lady with like big hooks on in, in each hand, and she just eviscerates him and says, "Is it someone new?" And then like screams and starts crawling all over the top of your diving bell trying to get in. And oh, uh, yeah, it's spooky as shit. And uh, the first time you meet a big daddy, you don't even get to fight it, uh, and it kind of underlines the the role that these things have that um you know maybe they're not necessarily always aggressive toward you look mr bubbles it's an angel i can see light coming from his belly wait a minute he's still breathing it's all right I know he'll be an angel soon. That's a horror voice filter. Yeah, that is absolutely. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And 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 God's me the big the action, big daddies. Snacks and Jackson filter I use on the show. <laughs> <laughs> it qualifies as horror. They use a voice filter, big, but but they also have the big daddies who are like the Barry White of whale songs. Yeah, like, I was gonna, yeah, I loved it. <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing I was going to point out. Even in all these clips, you kind of don't notice it after playing a while, but. Just listen to the soundscape. Like part of mm. underwater horror is all about atmosphere. the oppression yeah. and the atmosphere of just that constant drum of being in this place that is under significant pressure. And actually, so that my last you know gig working with Glenn Schofield, he would always talk about in Dead Space yeah. and now the Callisto Protocol. Like a big part of the horror is that sound, the the mm-hmm. space. You mm-hmm. know, like it's the it's the the heavy machinery, like the whir, the constant whir in the background of like, yeah, there's, I'm not, pe- human beings aren't supposed to be here, and there mm-hmm. are these things that are running that Constantly are basically sustaining you. life. But if they fail at any point, like we are all dead, right, and, so, and that's yeah. happening in Rapture, right? Like literally, there's like walls caving yeah, in. Silence, water silence is deadly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of similarities between undersea horror and space horror. Like Bioshock mm-hmm. and Prey feel very similar to each other. Like the the twenty yeah. twenty sixteen or twenty eighteen Prey twenty um, seventeen, I think it might be seventeen. Well, I think. Whatever the most recent Prey and Bioshock, like the the, Prey, could be another Bioshock game. Honestly, it feels very much like that series, much more than it does the original Prey. You know. Even if walking like in an underwater environment that felt like it was going to collapse wasn't enough, mm-hmm. there's all those signs that clearly before you were here, 
the people that were here got interrupted, right? Like all the signs of like what was a party and like banners falling over and like people that were celebrating and like dead everywhere. Like clearly, like whatever happened before you got there, they weren't ready for. So it's like yeah. the environment itself is creepy enough, and then realizing you're like in this underwater prison just makes it all like that much more terrifying. Yeah. Basically, yeah. To answer your earlier question, what happened is uh, plasmids. You know, people basically just became addicts to power. Yeah, they were having withdrawals. Yeah, And, uh, yeah, started turning on each other. And uh, everybody went crazy. And then there was a big civil war with Fontaine and Ryan. And uh, It reminded me a little of, uh, of, you know, not to spoil Firefly movie, Serenity. We were Mm -hmm. talking a lot about Firefly in 302010. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, the creation. The the Reavers? Yeah, the creation of the Reavers. And, like, uh, yeah, eventually people who just. People living in paradise who go mad. It's it's an interesting tale. Of mm-hmm. that we, There's probably a commentary in there somewhere too, in that like your player character is constantly using plasmids despite you knowing what they do to people, and mm-hmm. yet it's probably lost on most people, including myself, because like I'm not going to not use plasmids in Bioshock. Like <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. part of it, the lore of the combat. <laughs> like. Exactly. They they could have made it. They could have made it like the little sisters, right? Where it was like, well, no, if you choose not to use plasmids, you get a better ending or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wouldn't have been as fun. No, no, it wouldn't have been. And uh, yeah, you also get a lot of memorable moments right toward the beginning. The the one that I always remember is like you see the shadow of the baby carriage, and uh, you know, spoilers. There's a gun in the baby carriage. That's where you find your first pistol. But uh, before you reach it, you get to watch this woman with her back to you. Uh, having a bit of an episode. This is happening before at none. Why aren't you here? Why is it today and not then when Plasmids changed everything. They destroyed our bodies, our minds. We couldn't handle it. Well, there you go. Atlas explains it all. I'm Don't still... whiz on the electric fence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this is all just a setup. For like, okay, stand in that puddle so I can use my electricity plasmid on you, please. Yeah. Thank you. But, but yeah, the the woman having that episode is just like staring into the baby carriage, like lamenting, like, why isn't my baby still here? Why why do I remember this so sharply, but I can't go back to then? Mm. Yeah, I remember yeah. one of the most horrific sequences was you, you follow this long hallway, optional hallway, into a room with people dead on a bed and it, it's just this audio log that talks about the pain of like do I want to have an abortion in this situation it was like something I hadn't really heard mm. games ever talk about and uh, made me very sad and, and, and just that you're st- I'm staring at the corpse the, the or- corpsely origin of this audio in in like the game, once you start meeting bosses, you know Possibly it becomes the origin of something else. It becomes a regular game ass game, but like uh, mm. I really do feel like you dwell for like about six hours in Bioshock as a horror game. Yeah, and it, yeah. it does it does the Resident Evil evolution so fast because it becomes oh, yeah. Resident Evil Five by like the end of the game. And then the next it becomes the, like, yeah, how do I upgrade my guns more better? Yeah. <laughs> I got to yes. unleash these flying traps. I spit things. more bees. In the, in yeah. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, the the, bees. Uh, doesn't the two DLC go a little bit back to horror? The Minerva's Den DLC. I feel like yeah. it starts off a little. little I think it, it has its roots there. And if I, I, I never really looked at it that way, but I think that's why, like I find infinite so unappealing is that, that like, that's not there at all. The, the foreboding and, uh, 
the soundscapes like don't exist in Infinite. It is just shoot stuff. Not only that they kind of bullshitted what the game was supposed to be. You'll use riffs to travel through time and do a bunch of interesting stuff. No, you won't. (laughs) Revenge of the Jedi, fuck you. You don't get to see that. Yeah. Yeah. No, you won't won't be doing any of that. And not saying the story's bad, but it's just like it was a a break from Bioshock 1 and 2 felt a little more authentic, but you couldn't really be scared again by the same Mm. location. Yep. Yeah, and uh, but so one, I think I, one, I feel like totally qualifies as a horror game for for a majority of it. It's just such a bummer. Like this whole series, in terms of the games, on you know seven year span, basically two thousand seven mm-hmm. to two thousand fourteen, and the best of collection comes out twenty sixteen, right? So within yeah. nine years, we got all the bio- Bioshock we will have for the foreseeable future. You know? And it's like if mm-hmm. you would have asked me after two, I would have been like. Oh yeah, this is now this is a franchise. They'll they'll release these every three or four years or yeah. something. You know, you know, I was I was looking at just a bunch of stuff from when we were working as uh, games journalologists, and like that wasn't really uncommon of that generation. It's like it's these super hot franchises that got to three and sort of petered out, like just Mass Effect and mm. anything that was infamous Call of Duty. Resistance. Yeah. yeah, like they're yeah. they're all gone. They're all gone. Well, some and those that aren't like I'm sorry, but Gears of War four and five, they are nowhere near as memorable as mm-hmm. right. the first three. Yeah. Like Assassin's Creed was able to keep it up. They abandoned Mario Galaxy. That's um, true. <laughs> after just two installments, uh, Rock Band Guitar you heard Hero, him, ladies, Ezio Aditori is able to Rock keep Band it Guitar up. Hero gone. <laughs> like it just it just weird how franchises burned real hot mm-hmm. in that era and got. Far fewer entries than most franchises would a couple generations previous because of, you know, the cost of development and HD systems, blah, blah, blah. But uh, Bioshock seemingly seemed like a thing that shouldn't ever die, but I think the care and process of making those games is so expensive. Yeah. Nobody wanted to foot the bill for it ever again. Mm. Yeah, probably. And, and, and we've been littered with Bioshock spiritual successors that are like five-hour experiences, which is probably the better experience. Yeah. Which is actually sort of what's coming up next. Number four. 10.02, February 2nd. We were 50 miles from the epicenter. But an eight on the Richter scale makes that kind of distance irrelevant. I, I that scene when Iron Man talks to his own helmet. Oh yeah, so <laughs> this is uh, this is a game called Narcosis. If you, if you're shrieking, how is Narcosis higher than Bioshock again? This is this is based on uh, horror uh, yeah. content. And What's more horrific. It's well, yeah, especially when this was first released. So this was originally a VR game. Uh, it's mm. since become playable outside of VR. You can play it on Xbox One. But the VR goggles made the sense of thumping around in a slow-moving diving suit like extremely yeah. claustrophobic. Like you have to keep your head in a certain place, like up close to the readouts on the inside of your helmet or like the world if you, if you like try to look outside of your helmet like lean forward the world just fades away and it's like okay i have to stay in here and it's just very slow moving 
you see your breath on the inside of the glass a lot. It fogs up um, and you are trying to survive after an earthquake completely wipes out the undersea base. Like you're part of like an undersea mining rig and uh, it's just completely destroyed. So you, you go back to it and you spend a lot of time sifting through it, trying to find survivors, finding a lot of bodies instead a lot of really gross bodies. You get attacked by cuttlefish and giant spider crabs and other awful undersea things. And uh, you spend a lot of time having just awful hallucinations. Usually about people in diving suits dying. That's one of the first times it happens in the game that you are, you, you turn a corner and you see like the buddy that you were just walking with, he's stuck on a ruptured pipe and frozen methane is spraying out all over him and freezing him in place while he's sitting there screaming. And so you turn away and like, you just see like a, a diving suit hand clamp over the glass on your face. And then the, the guy like just stands in front of you and gets in your face and you see his screaming face behind the glass and then he disappears. It's just like, oh no, that corpse never moved. Holy uh, shit. It's just, this, and, and you when these things happen, your character's breathing speeds up and you start using the very little oxygen that you have much faster. So you kind of have to like try and keep away from things that are going to do that to him. Yeah, it's it's the sanity meter, basically, mm, yeah, equivalent kinda. of this game, right? Yeah. And it's one of the few entries on our list, surprisingly, for underwater horror, that does rely on an oxygen mechanic. You yeah. Because that, that's the other thing we didn't cover on, and other reasons to yeah. be scared of mm-hmm. the water is drowning due yeah, to right. lack of oxygen. Yeah. Right. I'm not Prince Namor. Don't mm-hmm. got wings on my feet. <laughs> Just being underwater long enough can kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, so. That's why, uh, looking at videos of this, it made me... Remind me of The Abyss, mm. which is yeah. a, a movie that deserves more love. And it, like Bioshock, it does frame itself in the beginning sort of like a horror movie. And we get to the end, you realize that's not the case. Yeah, uh, it ends but, up becoming a Close Encounters of the Third Kind movie. R- right. But but all, up until then, it's like all about the horrors of being stuck here underwater mm-hmm. and how much this fucking sucks. Like you, you can't do anything uh, productive working underwater it sucks <laughs> yeah yeah all you can do is trudge and yeah then you get back to base and you trudge some more and it's like oh i think i can get a submarine and maybe get to safety and then your submarine crashes into another submarine i'm like okay i guess i have to trudge some more your submarine and- moves like a fucking rascal scooter in the latest mm-hmm. episode of atlanta <laughs> i'm sorry but watch that show it's good yeah. But you're not even a charismatic captain type in here with me, you know, serving up, you know, banquets from the bottom of the sea. This is cue for your James Mason impression, Chris. Oh, yes. The secrets of the ocean (laughs) known only to me. I will manhandle a sea turtle as if this were cannibal holocausts. Careful. Those are are endangered now. Don't don't fucking touch them. They're very endangered, Matt. You don't want to step in the ocean after they laid their eggs. You don't want to mess with their baby. Don't put your lights on. You'll attract the babies away from the ocean. Oh, no, no. Yeah, how, how did he end up being the Jules Verne guy? Because isn't he also into Journey into the center of the Earth? Like he's he's in that adaptation. No, 
Well, well, Nemo <laughs> is. Yeah, Nemo is. Well, the, no, I, thought, I forget no, no, what the, the I thought James is. Mason is. Oh, okay. No, no, no. There, there's a sequel. Uh, never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> there is, a, but I, I think, the, the, what is it? The Mysterious Island, something like that, is the. But I, I just, I just mentioned the yes, Abyss because yes. the best thing, one of the best things about the movie, is it doesn't glamorize. It's it's a non-existent workshop space station under the sea but doesn't glamorize it as like it's easy to work here this sucks for everybody everything takes forever everything happens super slowly here everything's pretty quiet uh it's a spooky spooky element and you would never want to work down here yeah you think amazon's slow to deliver to where you live hey look at that (laughs) can't get a drone under the water am i right jeff bezos uh, seeing the seeing the gameplay of this alone was like this looks like a terrifying concept, but in VR, mm-hmm. that's like a claustrophobia simulator. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine playing this. It one hundred percent is. That's why it impressed me so much the first time I played it. Like, oh fuck, it's just it, you get and you you play it for long enough, you get sweaty and <laughs> it starts to bear down on your face. And like, oh man, I feel like what the character is feeling. I'm inescapable in an inescapable situation that's gonna suck forever at at best i'm gonna die in the bottom of the ocean in my chair wearing these stupid goggles that i oh i can take them off at any time great (laughs) but uh, yeah i guess if you talk about your death Mm. not that any of you should think about this this much but like yeah you die in the bottom of the ocean it's like it's like dying in space no one people may never know they will never know if you're dead or not Mm -hmm. Uh, they'll just assume but uh, you do get to listen to a lot of monologuing throughout the game. I've seen death before, but not like this. Up here, the impact's usually more abstract. This is intimate. It's like when you pass an accident on the freeway. All the possibilities run wild. But then a song you like comes on, or your exit's coming up and you've moved on back to normal yeah the possibilities are running wild brother (laughs) (laughs) try not to think about the floating gore then in the room that you've just entered there's a a lot of that yeah it's a scary game it's got some pretty good jump scares and and yeah there is stuff under the water that will actually attack you. Like I said, spider crabs, you run into a spider crab, no. they will punch your fucking face mask open, which I don't think a real spider crab could do, but I wouldn't want to test it. That's Those two things dangerous things right there. Horrifying. Fucking spiders and crabs together. Yeah. That's, that's not a good combo. Um, you've Sounds got like a Dark Souls creature. You shouldn't yeah. be, if, if you've <laughs> ever gone to like a fun seafood restaurant, there's really no reason to be afraid of a lot of crabs. You kind of know how to... Do a submission hold on most crabs. Well, you got the upper hand on them there, Chris. They've yeah, already yeah. been <laughs> pulled out for you. It's still the same structure. You could, <laughs> I can put this bitch's hand behind his back and snap it in half. You're, you're not 20,000 leagues under the sea fighting for your life. I'll suck the delicious You're a red lobster. It, but, you can but, just walk out the building. Yeah, there's like cuttlefish the size of cats that'll try to attack you. There's uh, anglerfish that will try to swallow your helmet whole. It sounds like this. Sounds like a like a microphone inside of a toilet. Um, it's like but, it's like those giant anglerfish in outer yeah. wilds, man. No but all, all you have is like a little folding knife to, to swat at things, and yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like the, the whole setup is like something out of a ridiculous nightmare. 
I have my Swiss Army knife. I should be fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, that's the genuine, but that's like the the nature of horror about being underwater. We're, we're I'm, I'm not a good person to speak about this articulately, but like you know, human beings, you got to go out in nature to be humbled by how little and weak you are, and we've even managed to camp in a way. Like, bears won't always fuck with you. They want your food. But the ocean doesn't give a shit about you. The ocean is merciless, doesn't want you there. You go down more than 20 feet, it wants to pop you like a bubble wrap. Like, that's... Yeah. This game is all about not being popped. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot like this next one. Number three. Approaching maximum depth. Uh, the hole's feeling it, but it's still holding strong. Closing porthole shielding. If this isn't Top Gun Maverick, I don't want to... We're starting to lose range oh. of signal. You'll be at cruise depth soon, so resisting and be careful. You're on your own. Good. Yep, that's it. Uh, now this is, this is Iron Lung. Which is a game I discovered by watching YouTubers scream at it. And yeah, it's like uh, the newest game of of the bunch, isn't it? I think it yeah, it might have come out this year or last year. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. It's by David Zamansky, and it takes about an hour to play through. Oh, okay. And the setup is again like a ridiculous nightmare. Um you are a survivor at the end of a galaxy-wide apocalypse that's called the Quiet Rapture. All habitable planets and stars vanished. Nobody knows why. The only humans left were the ones in space at the time. And so now the few survivors are traveling the galaxy looking for any signs of natural resources. And they found a planet that's mostly ocean, and the ocean is made of blood. Uh, so they want to explore it. They've done some satellite mapping and they drop you down in a makeshift submarine called the iron lung to map a trench because of the extreme pressure. The sub's not built to deal with it. So you're welded into it. It's just a, a little claustrophobic corridor where you have controls and you have a little, uh, camera at the back that you have to walk back to and it will take a picture of whatever is in in front of your sub like so. Just walk back. Yeah, you have to wait for a few seconds after you hit the button for it to to print up a, a static shot of what's in front of the submarine. So the the way that you play this game is you just have this map that you can refer to that has sets of coordinates and like, okay, it's, it's this X, this Y and attitude, like which direction your sub has to point is also represented in numbers. So like, okay, I go to X 250, Y 300, and I uh, look at, you know, 58 degrees and take a picture and wow, there's a giant skeleton. Or, wow, there's a giant skeleton with something that looks like a giant catfish staring at me. And I take another picture and it disappeared. Um, and I'm not going to see it again for a while, but man, I am going to hear it. Yeah, 
proximity sensors. Boom, you got uranium. This is really effective use of sound. Yeah. You've got the little little things that ping when it like you're near a wall or you're near an object that is solid. Um, what's really scary is when one of those appears where one should not be. If, uh, if you listen closely, you could tell that fish totally failed the polygraph. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not delicious. But yeah, you'll you'll just hear strange moans outside the sub and like yeah, you're just trapped in here at the bottom of the ocean in in a little I, tube that will periodically spring leaks or catch on fire that, and you have to run around with a fire extinguisher when that happens and yeah, it's That's not to bring it back to another movie, but we did watch it recently like um if you've never seen it, the fucking four-hour cut of Das Boot and the idea oh, wow. of being underwater in a small tube, armpit to armpit with the same men for months at a time, and, like, there is a kind of madness that comes from that. Um, just not being able to not being able to hear a bird or a plane or anything like that and just mm-hmm. being, like, this complete underwater coffin and yeah. that can occasionally have problems. And that's what's so fascinating about Das Boot. It's, like, how you deal with being isolated, even with multiple people. And that's what I saw from this. Cause like you can, there's no windows. Yeah. It's <laughs> a tiny, tiny, tiny space in this game from the videos I saw. Like, it's like, if you just turn around, like that's it. Like, you have, yeah, like, you got to trust moments. your instruments and, yeah. and, and hope they're accurate. A game where you take pictures in a ocean of blood Sounds like if Slayer made Pokemon Snap. Yeah, it's like yeah this sounds like a heavy metal album. Uh-huh. Michael, actually, I, I have another sound clip that I pulled from this game. I, uh-huh. may, maybe you can play it here. I'm just putting it here in chat. Okay. And this is what you sometimes will occasionally hear outside the submarine. Oh, it's only a mirror. Yes! It's me. That's what I look like. Well, swap my scuppers. Another Flatbush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God. We are so old. The incredible Mr. Limpus. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie I bring up on this show way too often. Because apparently it was good. like on basic cable a lot as I was. It's too good. Yeah. Somehow it's the second time I've heard about a Don Knotts movie. I'm twice a fish. This week. I'm a fish. <laughs> what, was, what was the other one? Please tell me uh, it was the ghost of Mr. Chicken. It was because it's yes! uh, Halloween movies. That was literally the other one. Holy <laughs> shit, you <laughs> called it. Yes. Don Knotts is the shit. And uh when Disney took all of their animated movies away, this is all regular cable had. Yeah. And you got to learn that uh Don Knotts' wife is fucking a sailor and he really just wants to fuck a fish. <laughs> and even when his wish gets granted, he still has vision problems as a fish. Right. right? He, he was years flat. ahead of the shape of water. Just years ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I just want to fuck a fish. When you make me bad. a fish, I'm the romantic lead now. <laughs> oh, right? Man. Yeah, Don Knotts, the romantic lead. Sorry to take us on that terrible yeah. detour, but I love um, that movie. But yeah, Iron Lung, just like doubly hopeless because like the whole conceit is you're a prisoner who's been promised their freedom if you oh. if you map this stuff. And you find like a, a diary entry that you wrote at the back of the sub, and it's basically saying like, yeah, even if I win my freedom, what am I going to? It's it's just eventual death in space or death down here, and I choose yeah. to go out on my own terms down here. And uh, yeah. the, the interesting thing about this game, because I've only seen videos of it, it's just like 
the game itself, you already mentioned the iron lung is this tiny little room, but it's mm-hmm. like the controls look like something out of lost. It really is just yeah. like this old yeah. looking machine with like two sets of arrows and a couple buttons yeah. and, mm-hmm. and some numbers. Yeah. And then that's it. And then it's like Michael said, once you enter in those coordinates with attitude, mm-hmm. uh, you, you attitude in this case being the direction you're facing. Yeah. The, the, the game itself is just like this camera thing, but then like, so how do the jump scares work though? Cause I've certainly seen a lot of those. Um, when well, play this not game. to get too spoilery. There are parts where you'll just be cruising along to your next map objective and you'll hear like loud noises outside the sub and something will bump you and the screen will shake and you'll look down at the coordinates and suddenly realize they are not at all where you just were. You're like, you know, a hundred clicks to the the east or something like that. Mm. Yeah, there, there's there's a bit where you might take a picture and see something very unexpected. Uh, a couple parts like that, and uh, yeah, there, there's there's a couple it, couple big jump scares I don't want to spoil. It's like battle battle. Uh, God damn it, battleship. It's like battleship though, right? Where you're basically like hmm. guessing. Okay, well, I, I guess I'll go here. Oh. And see. I thought you were talking about I the movie. Into, Maybe right? Rihanna will help me out. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's it's like okay, so you look at a map and there's you know marked coordinates, and you can see like all right, I'm gonna have to go north this way to skirt around this canyon wall, and then you know once I get to these coordinates, then I can turn south and go th- this this far, whatever stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so you are kind of constantly like just checking back and forth between your map. And and yeah, sometimes uh, some your your proximity sensor will ping something that is not on the map, and that's when you know that you are probably in for some shit. But it, what's interesting is the way that this game actually works. So if you look on YouTube, there's a couple of people who've broken it open in Unity and figured out like, all right, mm-hmm. what is the actual setup here? And uh, spoilers: the sub is actually a stationary thing that never leaves. The camera. Uh, is exploring a, you know, the, the world where you take the pictures. So you, what you're doing is not actually moving yourself in the sub. You are moving a camera around mm. in this 3D world that's, that's all black and white and, uh, taking pictures of weird shit. Like, uh, here's a wall that looks strangely man-made, like part of an office building. What's up with that? What's up with this glowing thing that's making really loud humming noises when you get close to it um why did this giant fish thing appear and then disappear why is it stalking me but does it really want to eat a submarine but but it's it's kind of a neat neat way to you know to be able to look inside the machinations of how a game works and and see like all right what what's really going on under the hood anyway i've probably talked for way too long about iron lung check it out Mm -hmm. it takes an hour to play let's move on to number two Will this hurt? It's just a scan. It'll hurt about as much as getting your picture taken. Indians thought cameras would steal their souls. That sounds racist. Well, let's hope they're wrong. (laughs) Ready? Say cheese. Mr. Munchie, did something go wrong? Uh, yeah, what went wrong is one second you're getting your brain scanned in 2015 Toronto, and the next second you're taking off the helmet and finding yourself in some sort of sub-oceanic hell station. 
And uh, can, can this I, just just while we're here, mm-hmm. I would really love it if one native listener can refute the idea that Native Americans thought your soul was stolen from a camera. I bet that was one guy's thing, mm. and then it became every indigenous person's thing. I've, I've heard it applied to all kinds of indigenous groups all over yeah. the world. So, yeah, I don't know. Not 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 the best thing to include. Why there, would that but... be your automatic thought for what happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, was, because... that, was, that was one very early InfoWars listener's idea mm-hmm. of what happened <laughs> with a camera. Because, spoilers, it does kind of steal your soul. No, it doesn't. It's where you <laughs> well, post it. The brain scan does. Oh, okay. uh, that's you know part of the what what makes Soma interesting. So Soma is basically what if Bioshock were created by the people who did Amnesia, and it is the same studio that did Amnesia, which means you are defenseless and will spend a lot of your time sneaking around and hiding and running from things that sound like this. Autobot transfer. Yes. Skinny puppy really got esoteric there for a spell, didn't they? I'm post uh, Captain America. I understood that reference. (laughs) Uh, GIF right underneath that. Yeah, that is the first creature you encounter, and it is a big lumbering robot covered with lights that will blur your vision if you look directly at it. And if you do look directly at it for too long, it might notice you, and then this will happen. You get to run away now with with this huge lumbering thing right at your heels. Oh, thank you. I get to run away. You thank get you to for run away. Permission. You get to run up a narrow staircase with it right and, at, you know, running right behind you. And maybe if you see the control panel when you get to the top of the stairs, you can slowly close a shutter as it draws inexorably closer to you and block its path. It's okay. I saw RoboCop. I know what happens to robots mm-hmm. on stairs. I'll be yeah, fine. That's true. They, they, yeah, this... they cry apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this this game by far destroys the I feel like the other games as far as environment. Mm-hmm. Like the immediate mood of this game is get me the fuck out of this place. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I should say, like, I think Amnesia may be the scariest game I've ever played and could not finish it. Tried regular and I think in VR. Yeah, most unnerving game ever. So, like, this I, I never got around to touching because it's like mm. I sometimes can't handle that stuff. Like, I yeah. enjoy real horror better with someone else in the room. And, you know, sometimes you can't do that. I should have streamed it. Apologies. Yeah. It's a bit of a shame, too, because this game has a very interesting story. And mm-hmm. to the point where, like, I read the story synopsis without playing the game because I'm like, this is intriguing because really what it becomes is this exploration of like, well, what is it? What is humanity? Like, what does it truly mean to be human? A miserable pile of secrets. Which is something (laughs) sci-fi tackles often. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess like you said, it's pretty early in the game. Yeah, I I was kind of surprised because like, yeah, you know, I like you spoiled myself on this a while ago. Um, But then playing through the game and like, Oh yeah, this thing that I thought was supposed to be a big twist is revealed like after the first hour or so 
of gameplay. So uh, I'm going to play a, a spoiler from the early game if you don't want to hear it, if, you know, and, and, you know, maybe go in totally cold. But uh, this is kind of a neat scene. Um, skip ahead like 30 seconds if you don't want to hear it. Don't let the circuitry fool you. I was human once. Can't take any more. This is... Everything's fucked. I give up. There's nothing left. Calm down. It's not the end of the world. You sure? It sure as hell looks like it. For all I know, there's no one left except for me. What do you mean? I'm right here. Don't take this the wrong way. But I meant any humans left except for me. Have you looked at yourself lately? You're a walking, talking diving suit with some electronics left on for good measure. I... I don't... You don't want to think about it? We'll start thinking about it. I... I... I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be this. I want out. Yeah, so do we all. <laughs> this place sucks. It is compelling, but it kind of sucks. You wouldn't want to be stuck here in real life. It's bleak as hell. What what few people you do find are either... Apparently they've had their backup minds trapped in robots and gotten trashed, or they're uh, hooked up to machinery and being kept artificially alive and uh, it's not a pretty picture for any of them. And uh, yeah, you do get much like Bioshock. I wasn't kidding when I said it's like Bioshock, if, you know, by way of amnesia, it even has audio logs for you to find. Hey. Yay, audio logs. So that's it. Enough power to run Pathos 2 until the next apocalypse. We're ready to go. I really hope we didn't mess anything up. I don't want to have to come back here again. Relax, it's over. We're going to Theta. Maybe we should seal more blocks. I don't trust the helpers to let this place run in peace. We've sealed everything. Everything from the barracks to the comm center. If anyone ever sets their foot here again, they're going to have a hell of a time getting a rock off. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> That's like a very deep blue sea moment. We're gonna, we're gonna survive. We're gonna make it out of here. We're feeling optimistic about yeah. life. Yeah. Let me Start show you my picture, up. my best girl back home. <laughs> I'm one day to ocean retirement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know he did. I feel like a, I feel like a, a game that takes place underwater called Soma missed a chance to call itself Brave New Waterworld. Hey. I'll show myself. Why call, it, ever, why call it South of Market, where the yeah. former Laser Time Studios was? Yeah, if you've ever been to actual Soma, you would oh, know. Hell I, I understood that reference, is. Anthony. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> Loves as good as Soma. Brave New World, read it. Or watch the TV series, which it goes in interesting directions. The one on Quibi? What, how am I supposed to do that now? Was that on Quibi? <laughs> I thought so. I forgot. I watched it somewhere. Well, I already forgot. The, the Roku channel. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Probably I would have told not. you Quibi was the little brother from Psychonauts 2 at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Soma goes some interesting places, and it's like as as defenseless stealth focused horror games go, it's a really fun one. It has cool puzzles what? and cool exploration and cool monsters. That's what you guys were talking about. You don't like defenseless horror games, not generally. I I I prefer the power fantasy. Like, sure. Yeah, I get to kill well, the. Well, also, the I've, I've just always had trouble wrapping my mind around uh, the escape by hiding in a closet thing because it's like that thing is relentless. It's going to keep chasing me all over the place. I know how video game characters work. All right, <laughs> it's not going to just lose the scent. Yeah, because like games like Clock Tower, they do that thing where like you really can't do anything but run. Yeah, it could yeah. be exhausting if you're like, I don't know where I can go to at a certain. This, point. this thing is not programmed to get bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> 
And and there's like always a 50-50 chance it's going to find my hiding place regardless of what I do. But yeah, some is, is, is fantastic, but... How long is it? Is it was it like a five hour experience? I couldn't remember. I think like six to eight hours, okay. something yeah. like that. It yeah. was a PlayStation Plus game at one point, so you might have this in your library. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Nice, nice. And yeah, it's not all just giant robots either. Sometimes you meet like mutated humans and other creatures. The whole thing is that like there's this substance called gel, and when it uh, interacts with various robotic things it, it or, or other creatures it mutates them and makes them crazy it spikes their hair i'm sorry yeah, <laughs> I, like, yeah. sorry yeah uh, it's like a roger rabbit thing you mm-hmm. know it just melts all the robots when they touch it yeah Ooh, exactly well yeah, yeah. Ugh. i'm just remembering like the final boss of this game is like oh god that thing's horrific but um speaking of horrific gigantic things that slither around under the waves oh. So you want to talk about scary experiences, being underwater. How about being... Echo the dolphin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a sure. good one. That's a good one. <laughs> um, not not entirely horror, but plenty of horror elements and moments. Um, but no, Subnautica is yeah. a game about being in an open world, fully underwater environment. And yeah, being forced to survive with, with nothing but like a wetsuit at first. And... Uh, it's a, it's a base building yes. underwater survival game. But then, mm-hmm. like Michael said, occasionally there's the twist and turn and, and horror moment where you're like, oh, shit, what was that? You know, because yeah. you are underwater yeah. and, and they, they do a good job of blending like, hey, there's some really beautiful scenery here and mm-hmm. stuff like that with those big like, oh, shit moments. Yeah, yeah. I worked on this game, by the way. So yeah. I think I looked at it and thought, like, is this like that? We endless ocean game? Just like it's I, not I mean, because no. there's it, there's a it's a pretty good base builder and survival game yeah. it's, you have to like collect food and, and oxygen yeah, and it's stuff like it's that. a you know like it's one of those games that takes the survival mode from minecraft basically and yeah. turns that into the full thing where yeah you, you know you have to manage thirst and hunger uh you do have to yes build bases but a lot of it's just navigating the environment and surviving and like fight you know following distress beacons from other pods that ejected from this the spaceship that crashed and that that kind of provides a lot of the plot you eventually get to build your own submarines and and cool shit like that mm. um but you are constantly beset after you know once once you're out of the safe shallows the initial area where like yeah i started the game and it's just like i don't know what anything is what's that thing that keeps shooting out the green pellets is it trying to kill me it's gigantic i don't want to get near it just being scared of everything and then, like, gradually calming down, getting used to things, and then venturing outside of that safety zone. And, uh, oh, man, I'm exploring. There's, like, some cool shit going on. And I'm seeing the sights. And, uh, yeah, I got my... St- what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> big creature. Yeah, big creature. Um, That particular big creature is not dangerous, but this one is.
that is the sound of the Reaper Leviathan. There's about 25 of them in the game. Uh, they are horrible and relentless and will follow you from zone to zone if you piss them off. And they are one of the smallest of the gigantic creatures that can menace you. Yeah. Just imagine all those underwater creatures in episode one. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they're, yeah. they're all over this game. So Star Wars, Star Wars episode one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yeah but it's, there's also environmental horror here. And like, there's other stuff that can kill you in terms of like, I think isn't there radiation can get you. Yes. There's, there's like lava at one point. There's all kinds of environmental shit that'll get you in this game. Mm-hmm. Too, so. Yeah. And, and of course there's the constant threat of drowning until yeah. you upgrade your oxygen tanks enough and, and are able to build submarines. Like you will have to constantly, you know, go back to the surface like every 30 seconds or so at first. I, yeah. I think, yeah, you can you can swim for maybe a minute before you have to go back to the surface. If you don't make it, you will black out and quote unquote die and revive at your uh, at your base, possibly w- with some stuff missing that you were carrying. Your, which your base, which fun. is, you know, the thing that makes this a game, your base is equipped with this Jetsons like thing that can basically create anything as yeah. long as you feed materials into it you know yeah, so it's, it's just a like, star trek oh, fabricator basically yeah, also I want mel, a helmet, you know? mel blake yells at you for showing up late hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like this one's also visually deceptive because every time i see videos of this game it's yeah. all the bright colors and the ui mm-hmm. and like yeah. it's a much brighter game than all the other ones yeah. so unless you really get into it it's like you don't really see kind of like what kind of stuff is under well under the surface for lack of under better word Put that in the box. To this day, like one of my most comfy, I have like a vest that I wear when it's kind of cold, very California style, and it's it's a big Subnautica vest, and everyone's always they just assume it's this outdoor brand, They're like oh Subnautica, <laughs> sure, I've heard of that. Yeah, no, it's like, like Patagonia, right? And like I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. yes, it's absolutely mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. Here's a here's a ghost Leviathan coming to get you. That's two scary things. Ooh. What was that? Scary audio is what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're called ghost leviathans because they're gigantic and translucent. So you can see through them and uh they're they're gross and they want to kill you and they, they have like giant hammerheads. Nightmare fuel. Yep. No, yep. thank you. Pure nightmare yep. fuel, especially when you're like, you know, in the dark, deep ocean and you can't see shit. And, uh, yeah. Plus they have, they have dudes with you. like frosted tips and fucking mm-hmm. like MMA shirts yelling at them and trying to rile them up like on ghost hunters. Basically they have the ah, ghost hunters yelling at them. Is what uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, if you're that's, here, give us a sign. If you're here, give us a sign. Mm-hmm. Do you like my stereotypical view of what the ghost hunters guys are like? Like, yeah, you know, they wear like MMA shirts and have frosted tips. Like, I they, mean, that could be spot on. I've never watched that fucking <laughs> I, show. I, I think I, I've seen I saw it. MTV's and, Fear. That matches. <laughs> that's probably what, that. what I'm thinking yeah. of. Mm-hmm. That show was great. Like, yeah. let's strap a camera yeah. to some 20 year olds and watch them freak themselves. <laughs> <out>. Tell them <laughs> a ghost story and put them in like an abandoned house somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and, and just watch them freak themselves out. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. So what a cheap, what a it's, cheap show to make. Was, <laughs> was it called? Was it? Am I confusing it with Scare Tactics? Is that a? I, I, I might, I might be fear. confusing it with Scare Tactics. Yeah. 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 Can you play Subnautica in VR? Yes. Uh, yeah. It's great. I got addicted to it. My one problem with it is that, like, when you use certain things, like, so there's a, forget what it's called, like, the skimmer or something. Basically, it's one of those little things that scuba divers hold onto with a propeller that can, like, pull oh, you through yeah. the water faster. Yeah. Uh, 
it like fills up my whole vision in VR. Like yeah, I have yeah. to kind of Ooh. constantly peer around it. Like, okay, what am I, what is in front of me? What's off to the side? So it's kind of annoying, but that's some uh, James Bond shit. Mm-hmm. One of those things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I recommend playing it in VR, especially if you want to get right up close to the things that are trying to kill you. That's always fun. Or not. If you have claustrophobia, mm-hmm. then yeah. we understand. Yeah, and you can play it just looking at a TV or a monitor like a normal person. <laughs> but anyway, like somebody without two hundred dollars. Yeah, as bright and colorful as it looks, it can be a terrifying game, especially if you have phobias of things under the water. And that's that's why it's our number one. So yeah. it's number one. Bioshock is number five. Everything's turned on its head. The world's at an end. Cats and dogs living together. Exactly. It's it's a very ghosty month. Yeah. Would you kindly rearrange the order of this list? No. Uh, anyway, that has been our top five. We all know the best underwater horror game is the NES's Jaws. Yes. Uh, <laughs> or perhaps it, one of the levels in Jungle King. Uh, yeah, I'm done. I'm, it's it's either the the water area in Inside, or any time you hear water, uh, scary water music in Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm, yeah. Yes. Those are, those are good as well. See, all right. So... On that note, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff, so stay tuned. What you know about rolling down in the deep? When your brain goes numb, you can call that mental freeze. When these people talk too much, put that shit in slow motion, yeah. I feel like an astronaut in the ocean, Hey, What you know about rolling down in the deep? When your brain goes numb, you can call that mental freeze. When these people talk too much, put that shit in slow motion, yeah. I feel like an astronaut in the ocean. Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. But I want to talk about good cartoons. Talk, talk about, about a good cartoon. A good Man. experience. A movie I have seen three times. What? What? I've seen three times. Yeah, I've seen it twice already. Uh, that's Chippendale Rescue. What the fuck? I, I'm supposed to be the, like the diehard here. Jesus Christ. It, it is, I, does seem like a movie custom made for you, though, Chris, because it's like yeah. the sequel to Roger Rabbit. We never it, is, it is Roger Rabbit. And I, I don't say this with cynicism. It's Roger Rabbit for uh, millennials and Gen Xers. Uh, yeah. and, and, and just because, like, you know, I didn't want to spoil things for Michael. I was just like, Trying to say, like, you're not going to see Mickey, and you're not going to see Donald, really. But, like, dude, there's schnookums in meat in the end credits, for fuck's sake. I don't think that's been acknowledged by Disney in any way ever. But there's like they're just boom there in the end. It's fucking crazy. It, it, uh, some of those cameos that they got. And the, so there's yeah. Randy Marsh is in a Randy Marsh is, Randy in Marsh a fucking, is chilling in a sauna. In a, in a sauna room. I was I, I got with uh, two of the three little pigs. Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on Patreon.com/LaserTime. And welcome back to our final segment, where we're just going to dive headlong into that morass known as... Everybody 
more ass. More, more ass. Sorry, yes. More two ass. Keywords a morass of more gotta, uh, ass. Now we got to put the explicit uh, mark on this podcast. We always Shoot. put the explicit mark on this podcast. What? We swear you, you do? Yes. Okay. You're right. You're right. Uh, Overwatch 2, tell me about it. Those of you who I wish played. I could. <laughs> I fucking wish I could. Before now, we get to now, Chris's actual impressions of this game, I tried. I, I did. Let me just say that I did. Not I did play it at uh, around two or three in the morning because I woke up at one because I fucking hate myself and my sleep schedule sucks. I considered it last night. I was I was right there at like one one a.m. Pacific time. I'm like maybe I, I should mean, try now. But but that's but I think the weirdest thing about it is like there are all these people waiting in line to get into in, to play Overwatch and like and they were like there was a DDoS attack and like. Well, you can't really make a DDoS attack on the multiplayer matchmaking servers. It was a DDoS attack on Battle.net. And and, 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 and so that wait was solely to sign up for Battle.net, which I didn't... I feel like I didn't have to do for Overwatch 1, but I also had an account there. (laughs) And I I don't Mm. play Blizzard games. So, like, uh, yeah, I I don't honestly remember, but, like... People complaining about the wait. Mine was I, I. I literally signed up on both consoles, but when you get through the wait to register, like matchmaking was instantaneous. Like once you got through that, but like I'm not. Well, that's because there's no one able to get through the wait, probably. But like I'm not. You know, people who listen to the show know. Not not they don't play a lot of multiplayer yeah. games, right? But I'm like, you know what? I like the first Overwatch. I want to play the new one, which snuck up on all of us because i i honestly was like is blizzard just waiting to market this thing until it's out or maybe maybe they were trying to soft launch because the demand but whatever was happening was like literally so i downloaded on my xbox i go to play and it's like oh you're you're number 2000 in the queue and i'm like jesus wait wait that that was in the early afternoon i was i was in the ams i this i tried this in the morning too though Mm. but so so number 2000 queue which Fortunately, that only took a few minutes to get through. But then when I got to the front of the queue, I get an error message. It's like, sorry, can't connect. This happened about five times. Now, here's the problem I was telling you guys. I've worked in the free-to-play space. The problem with free-to-play games is there's no stickiness. I didn't pay $60 for this thing. And so if I can't log in and play right away, I'm out. Hmm. And the chances of me ever coming back are very, very slim because I don't... I don't have any stakes in the game, right? Like, right. Like, yeah, I didn't. I didn't pay for the. If I paid sixty bucks, you bet your ass I'm going to keep trying to play it until it works, right? Yeah. But if it's mm-hmm. a free game, which this one is, at least the multiplayer, then I have no reason to go back. And maybe, maybe if I hear in a week or two, like, oh yeah, they solved all that server shit. Like, this is the worst thing that can happen to a free to play game at launch, and yet. It happens almost every fucking time with these big games. Well, a lot of Blizzard games, for sure. And I was I was kind of ranting in our chat this morning, and I was like, and I'm going to save this energy for the show, because like, the concept of a queue is a real-world analog for a thing <laughs> that doesn't fucking exist in digital space. <laughs> like, there's no such thing as a line. Like, these are just bits going back and forth over the internet, right? This is just basically, it's not a real fucking queue. They've just had to make up an analog to explain to you, like, oh, yeah, that's kind of like if you had to wait in line to get in this thing. It's like, no, if you would have believed in the game enough to fucking buy enough server space or have enough servers or do whatever the fuck you need to, pay your Amazon, you know, AMS server bill or whatever to, to be able to take that load, 
uh, that sounds gross, then, then, then you wouldn't have this issue. But then they also were compacted, like Chris said, they were getting DDoSed by somebody, which you, was like totally You might know more about this than me, but it was it was around the launch of Diablo 3, which was semi-impossible to log into yes, I remember for this. the first couple days. And I talked to someone behind the scenes. It's just like, it is too expensive to uh, have that many people log on to a game like Diablo 3. A game, the mobile game of which is making $100 million a day or something like that. So since those days, what they were probably referring to is there's kind of two ways you can handle server sure. load. You can straight up buy servers, like buy fucking hardware that sits somewhere, typically like a server farm out in the middle of Nevada or something, which is just literally racks and racks of servers, right? Or you can rent that server space, the bandwidth from like Amazon is one of the biggest. And Microsoft yeah. has Azure servers, I think, is the mm. other one. That's like a big one. And so it's what the the beauty of the rental model though is you basically just pay for how much traffic you think you're going to have and you can scale up or down very quickly, right? The problem with the with that though is you're on someone else's servers. It's not not the same as, as I, I've owning never your found own, that to be the case expensive. in any of our hosting and I think you know <laughs> it's 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 rarely a I'll give you more money, give me more space. Like this is not an instant thing. We can't do that. But in the in if you're Blizzard, you can. And right. when you know or you, you should, should be expecting millions and millions of players. Oh, no, no. This is I, Overwatch. I think... This isn't like a brand new IP. The, or the, anything, the, the right? thesis at the end of the day for me is Overwatch was the biggest new IP of the last decade, in my opinion. Yeah. And the botching of that is reason enough like Microsoft should probably buy this company because I don't think it was treated very well because I, I was immediately enamored with with Overwatch and it was it huge didn't, for two years or so and then just boof it just didn't have a significant amount of changes and new additions and it went heavy into esports which as we've talked about on the show we don't really cover the esports world or have much visibility there but even then I felt like it wasn't one of the bigger esports when when games, I was in a position right? where I had to really look into what were the more, more popular esports a few years ago and Overwatch wasn't really that close right it, it, it started out with a bunch of leagues and got some sponsors and I think most of that stuff has a lot of scandal surrounding it. Mm. Uh, but I, I just thought that was interesting because, like, it again, it like once you got through the registration process, matchmaking was instantaneous. And I did it on two consoles because I thought I started on my, my new Xbox and then remembered, like, ah, shit, maybe my PlayStation has my Blizzard data. I should download it on that version. Uh, it, it overestimated the weight to register and it went down 10 people per second yeah it was really the queue goes down fast but like yeah I, I literally kicked in there and i just started laughing i told you guys i'm like a number 2000 in the queue right now but like, yeah what, i what think i this? think the ddos attack was on battle.net itself which is like still kind of confusing for console gamers you know like uh like needing to register through a website it's uh e e e like I know I did something with UB Play years ago, but it's like it's an instantaneous process where this wasn't. And uh, people were complaining that like you needed a cell phone to activate your account, um, and that oh yeah, there's a reality that, that some people don't have mobile well, phones. Actually, I, I got that screen when I went to download it, and was like, oh, please enter your mobile phone, and I just skip. Oh shit, you got further than me. You can skip over that shit. I, I did, but I, I, did I literally it. couldn't even get there. Like I switched, and, or maybe it was already. Yeah, because I played Overwatch One on my system. Yeah, so maybe you, mine you was have a Battle.net account. 
I absolutely do yeah. have a battle. And I, d- I don't. I don't. I don't. As far as I know, or I may have started one in 2016. How do you, how do you not Overwatch? have a Battle.net account? Have, have you not played a single Blizzard game in the last no. 20 years? I've had no. one in the, no. long enough to. I had the OG World of Warcraft authenticator, like not an app, yes. like a fucking keychain authenticator with some art thing? on it. With Does the little numbers? Work? No, no, no. I've never oh, had a, sure a, a really is. active Battle.net account, and I wouldn't even have considered it, except that I think when Destiny was being published by Activision for a little bit, it went through Battle.net. Yeah, yeah. They they threw a couple games on there to try to uh, try to increase numbers both ways, but then uh, yeah, it's it, that's that's one of the frustrating things too. And I, I'll stop harping on it so Chris can tell us about how the actual yeah, game yeah, what is, is the but, game? <laughs> but like, it's not like it's not like Blizzard's never done online games. Yeah. In fact. They only do online games yeah. now. They haven't yeah. done an offline game in years. Like, yeah, and uh, again, I think that's my ration. Whatever the Blizzard magic was is sort of gone and is better off being overseen by Microsoft where, like, money is not an option. Like, just make sure this is smooth. Uh, I think, and, and I think the audience in. knows about the server issues, presumably because they've tried to play it in the last 24 hours. Yeah, again, like I had way less trouble than both of you playing mm. this game. It was very easy. I, th- I think my point is this is all part of this larger issue, which is like, yeah, uh, we barely knew the launch was coming. And we follow game news, right? And then when mm-hmm. it did come, it's just it's been plagued with problems. And it's like, hey... I get that if you're new to the online space, but this Blizzard has done this enough times now. We're like, come on, man! Like, why, why is this such an you issue? Are, Chris, Blizzard is supposed to, to own in. the live game space. They should know everything and should be prepared for every eventuality. That's kind of so, weird. So this is multiplayer only, right? The single player stuff's coming later. They announced that it's yeah, two allegedly now and, and more more game modes. And, and, and that's what you'll pay for, like no. Because I, I don't thought think, the I don't campaign think game... was paid and the multiplayer is free. Isn't that how they did this? No, I I, I want to say that, well, in terms of the multiplayer, the game modes and uh, uh, the game modes and the maps, that doesn't cost anything. We never will. Uh, it's the, the skins and, and and that's like, okay, guys, you know I'm not the best esports guy, but I'm here to talk about this with Overwatch for a little bit. Overwatch is a... Did you guys play Overwatch as much as I did back in 2016? I thought it was wonderful. I think I played so much Overwatch that first year I ignored like three other games that I bought because I, I, I couldn't stop playing so much Overwatch. Yeah, I I, I fucking loved it, and 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 the 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 way like it's it's all cooperative based, and like it doesn't really tell you you got the most kills this 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 session. Like uh, here's a, here's a cool play. I still don't know how they do that. Yeah, they reward you for teamwork stuff usually, right? It's like, oh, this guy had the most saves or whatever. Because I, I, I want to say, like, off the bat, I'm not anti-free-to-play. Like, that is how you keep a live game going. Um, it's not a shitty... It's not inherently a shitty model, but, like, Overwatch was about air experimentation. When you respawn, it's like, hit this button if you want to, like, pick a different character because we're encouraging you to pick different characters. If there's a certain kind of character on the field dominating everything, uh, pick a different character. And locking that behind free-to-play options, I, yeah, I, I thought that was, oh, because not not only that, but like the, the, the Overwatch 2 is like, most of the maps I played on, like, are these the same fucking maps? They're Overwatch as the one first maps. Game? It's it's more like, like a one point five almost, right? At least the multiplayer part. Like yeah, like most of the maps I played on, like how do I know this? It's been fucking years, 
mm-hmm. and and it, they're they're maps from the first game, and you end up downloading this version of it. And the thing about Overwatch is like, and I don't play competitively. I play very casually. I've always had a great time with Overwatch. I think it's it's one of the best multiplayer games for that. Yeah. You don't have to be good to have a good experience. Yeah. Um, but you can play around. And the idea of like, well, you can lock unlock all these characters for free if you play 130 games. Wait, it locks? Straight. I didn't know. So this new one locks characters behind the free-to-play yeah, mechanics? Yeah, the character. They unlock oh fairly fast, and the characters I personally liked and played with in the previous game unlocked very fast. Uh-huh. So I wasn't super inconvenienced, but it's also like uh, I was 10 games into a 130 game experience and I don't know how the battle pass works, but like I, I think that's to get access to new characters, not necessarily get access to all the characters. It's confusing. Um, Used to be it, simple with like, it was like, here's the characters and then loot boxes. They're, they're no longer selling loot boxes. There are no right? loot boxes all... of, of any kind as far as I know. And I was actually kind of confused by that because like every time you load up a character, it's like, choose your skin. Like, well, where do I get skins? Uh, there is an option, by the way, in the main menu for skins, but I don't click on that because I'm not spending money right. on... <laughs> I'm not a skin guy. <laughs> Sorry. Did they, didn't they change the number on the teams, too? That's the other big change. It's is, five uh... versus five over six versus six, and that does... As far as I noticed, it limits the amount of tanks, like your damage soakers, that you can have on a team to one instead of two. And that is not insignificant, but it makes the gameplay faster uh, hmm. than it previously was. But, like, I, I, I had to read some reviews afterward, and I don't normally like to do that because I don't want to color my own thoughts with uh, the thoughts of serious professionals and pass them off as my own. But it's just like, I fell right into it, and I'm getting kill streaks, and I'm playing as Winston, the uh, only great character in Overwatch. Um, and, and I'm getting kill streaks. I'm doing well. And then occasionally I don't, where like I can't do a fucking thing and I want to change my character. And like, well, the characters I know are locked behind tiers. Like, how do I unlock these? Do they and at least give you one of each class or archetype like, they, to start oh, with? For sure, like, for sure. They give you a ton of characters to access okay, for free. Good. But it just, I, I think the, the free to play model in a game that encouraged in experimentation and like changing stuff up on the fly, like, that's not great because mm. Overwatch, the game I played was like, yeah, I just gave Blizzard some money and had access to all these characters. If, if, a, if a character is smoking me and I don't know why, I can change to that character and maybe figure out why. And that option is gone now. Graphically and, on the new systems, how's it look? Because it was always great. a stylized game, so it's supposed to, you know. No, fucking great. It ran, it ran amazingly. And again, the matchmaking, once you get through the regist- registration process, was um, like so quick. It was fine. It, it, it was fine. It's just, I don't know what the end game is because, like, it, it has this everything for everyone kind of appeal to it right now, where, like, is this supposed to get esports people in? Is this supposed to appease new players? Because uh, it's kind of disappointing for both, and I, I'm a very casual Overwatch player, by the way. The end game of the first game ended up being like it was no longer fun to play in recent years because it was just really, really good people left yeah. playing, right? Which which tends to happen with a lot of competitive games. It's like yeah, yeah 
but it's gonna get my ass even, handed even to me the, the introduction whole time. of a consistent new characters made the game it had to be rebalanced every time and they're promising like multiple new characters a month i believe hmm. uh, but yeah i just don't know who cuz like you know you we we set it off the top like we're not big multiplayer all the time guys i like overwatch's multiplayer it never had a single player campaign campaign ever um but i'm not i'm not going to play this 4 years from now like who 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 are you doing this for and what are you sacrificing by changing the model to free to play you know i i cuz again i get it but i don't know I don't know what they could have done differently. And, and like all the stuff that makes it free to play is all this weirdly complicated horse shit with buffs and weird stat boosts. And there's all this stuff that's gone. I honestly don't understand. And I shouldn't be talking about it, but it, it like it when, when I say I was talking to a friend, when I say I felt, I felt like playing this felt like, you know, putting on an old jacket. This fits great. I understand exactly how to do this. Awesome. That's not the best justification for the second version of the biggest multiplayer IP in 10 years. That it feels exactly the same. Like, why couldn't this just been consistent updates? And if you weren't paying attention, Overwatch updates went pretty dark over the last couple years, despite having esports leagues everywhere. Yeah, they, they had definitely slowed the pace on content and characters and stuff. And I think part of their justification was, well, we're working on the next one. Hmm. Which it's weird because the next one does just feel like a one five to the point of even like I've never seen this. They shut down the servers for one yeah. like two days before launch of two, where I'm like, why didn't you just leave them on and then just have it switch over? Yeah, you know? have, like have them have them be both. Like uh, PC gamers like shouldn't even see a a graphical upgrade in what whatever this is. And um, I, I did because I'm playing on a. I went from a PS vanilla to a xbox series mm. x and yeah it definitely looks better and it's exciting to play and it's it's fun to just dive right into something you understand the, the mechanics of and i did really well and i had a great fucking time but like i'm not the audience for this man you're not going to convert me into a fucking lifetime player which is Am I incorrect? That's I all mean, for you to... never never say never with the first iteration of a live game. I, I, I know, the but like, these things tend to evolve. What else is free to play for other than to like you will play this every day and 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 adding daily challenges to that, meaning people will have to pick different characters than they would normally. When it, the free to play model does fuck with, I think what was nice about Overwatch. I do wonder, like, if I'm on a PS4 or something and I put in the Overwatch 1 disc, will it load into Overwatch 2? Will it say, like, Don't oh, know. thank you for your interest in our game. Please play Overwatch 2 instead. It's like, is that oh, yeah. is that game technically uh, uh, no longer playable? Again, we're not, we are not the best people to talk about consistent multiplayer. But, yeah, I remember, like, Left 4 Dead, like, I just would click on any version of it and it would load up the same version with maps from one and two hmm. it, it did that really seamlessly like it would just have all the updates of both games and no matter which sku i clicked on i think i still have Overwatch on ps4 i'm gonna try that tomorrow to see what happens dude i but at the end, the end of the day like i had a great fucking time in overwatch and i i did i did for at least a hundred sessions back in the day playing very casually just experimenting with weird characters and like, 
it's not McCree anymore, right? It's Cassidy. It's High Noon. Yeah, he changed his name. Um, yeah, it's charming and and funny, and the way characters talk to one another. There's a bunch of stuff I know I've yet to discover, but I'm just I'm just not sure the free to play model was the best for this thing because, like, you know, have some confidence, like charge forty bucks for the the next big esports thing, and give everyone access to these characters immediately and we can really start seeing how people play because as of right now unless you're taking fucking Adderall and no-dose I've been doing nothing at Mar-a-Lago <laughs> except playing Overwatch it's 2 like, it's like someone they, they, bring me my Adderall they all have hero challenges and it's like but like the hero challenges aren't interesting it's just like play three games play five games play nine games play ten I, games. I looked up the, the pve stuff so the campaign is not a that's real campaign. apparently it's coming there's the, a pve that's coming in next year mode next, which, yeah. which they had in one remember they had for halloween it's all that yeah. is it's just like oh we're gonna do fucking waves of enemies there's horde mode with these zombie looking no, creatures. I, I i really do think what happened to overwatch in the last three years is evidence of blizzard mo- losing its mojo a lot of people left and uh I think, the guy, the the face of Overwatch, like yeah. Jeff Kaplan, a, a bunch of that stuff. Not, but but what, what yeah. kept it an interesting live experience? Uh, I don't feel like those people are here now, and um, I, I'm worried. I'm worried about Overwatch too because I, I I would love to see the game succeed. It's a fucking charming game. It's it's one of the best uh, multiplayer only games to enter with no experience and 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 be able to figure your way around it just through our exp- but taking that experimentation out of the loop with the free-to-play model don't don't dig it because like especially in advanced play when you're mic'd up uh this person's doing this you need to switch to this character in order to combat that that's not an option right now you have to you don't get to do that um i i don't know i'm not the expert but like worried i'm worried about Overwatch, because I thought it was one of the best new IPs of the last 10 years. And... Don't be worried about the multi-billion dollar <laughs> corporation who's now going to be owned by Microsoft. I think they'll be fine. <laughs> it's not, not not just that, but like the Overwatch gave me the warm and fuzzies in a yeah. way that most multiplayer shooters don't, and playing this did as well. But It, it... was playable Pixar. You loved it because it was fucking playable Pixar. Yeah, I think a, a little bit of that, yeah. And... and, and having dialogue between different characters and different things you could do between the different characters and all that's not gone it's just different it's 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 mildly different so like you should play fortnite you would fucking i love fortnite i love all right then i love love fortnite i'm not shitting on fortnite neither i am what i'm saying is i think fortnite might have stolen a little bit of overwatch's thunder well that's the thing overwatch is the last multiplayer shooter before the battle royale movement and and I'm not sure it does a great job in justifying its existence with this hmm. version. I'll shut up. Sorry. Battleborn two confirmed yeah. coming next year. <laughs> yeah, we we have think, talked I about this for like 20 minutes now. My, so. Michael mentioned it that like uh, nobody else was able to recreate whatever magic Overwatch two did. Like it, it it might not be a good trend to keep following. Oh, you no. mean the, what, hero, the hero, hero shooters? shooters? Yeah. yeah, the hero shooters. Like, yeah. nobody was able to recreate uh, Rainbow Six. Like, fucking Siege nobody. Yeah, Rainbow Six Siege has very much become that, the, oh, well, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. hero shooter style of game. I but don't know if it as, was when it debuted. but Not as silly. 
Yeah, no, like no, there's, of course it's not. Still, it's still the heroes has, have powers and shit. But yeah, it's it, it has its core it's in Rainbow enough. Six, and, and, and that's yeah. I think that's how they to to back up your point. I think that's how they were able to carve out a niche. Is it's different yeah. enough from Overwatch, where mm-hmm. it's, it's it's close quarters and yeah. permadeath for Matt. Yeah, it's it's so yeah. like it, it should be said. It's so good with support characters, like having that kind of roster of positive support characters. If you're not good at Twitch shooting, you can still be a valuable team member. Um, mm-hmm. By being a support character, and um, I just, but I don't see that encouraged when all these characters are locked behind tears. Uh, Valkyrie Elysium, tell me about it, Matt. Worst name ever. <laughs> Did you used to play a lot of uh, PS2 games, which are kind of like corridor RPGs with a lot of empty environments? But when you Probably, came across yeah. enemies, the combat was like super fun and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, that that's what this game feels a lot like, and, and yet. Still compelling. Like, the combat systems are fun enough for, like, when I am in combat, like, and the game has a good flow. It's a little bit like Trials of Mana a few years ago. Like, the, the combat this is an action RPG. And I, I had never played the earlier Valkyrie games. But this, from everything I've seen and read, because I was like, all right, I gotta check this out now. Like, this definitely is, like, hearkening back to those older games where you, yeah, you're in these maps that are these big sprawling but mostly empty environments and then when you come across enemies that kind of spawn out of nowhere you will you'll fight those enemies and it'll be really fucking cool when you fight um but then yeah the the other stuff around it feels very dated Hmm. but i have this strange nostalgia for that feel of game it's almost like i felt when i was playing near automata i'm like yeah this is like definitely there's some dated mechanics here but like I'm strangely drawn to this because I miss playing this style of Interesting. game. Interesting. You know? So is it, I mean, is it like the first game at all in that you're building a party of Ein Heriar, like yes. Departed Souls of Warriors? Yeah. So it's not just like a purely character action game. Yeah, you, you're building the Ein Heriar, and that's that's what makes combat interesting. In the Ein Heriar, you can summon into combat, and they each have their they're kind of mapped to elements and when you get those characters you also you also have spells that are mapped to elements and so that's why i'm saying the combat has a lot going on it's like okay the enemies mm. have weaknesses to certain elements you know and then the Einheriars, they 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 have a certain element affinity and so it's like if you see an enemy who's weak to lightning you're going to summon in your lightning guy and he's going to fight them and then you might cast a lightning spell on them which which will immobilize them like basically if you do enough elemental damage on an enemy there's a bar that builds up It'll kind of immobilize them, and you can just wallop them and do a ton more damage, you know, and all that. So, like, juggling all that shit is actually really fun when it's happening. Um, It's just the other stuff, like, you know, the beautiful uh, environments. They reminded me a lot of the recent Nier remake, you know, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. uh, it's it's kind of that look. But it's... uh, yeah, you're just like, man, I wish I wish these felt more alive, but in a way they're not supposed to because it is supposed to be Ragnarok, right? So it's supposed to be like, yeah, this is the end of the world. You are... Odin's last hope, your Valkyrie he has summoned to literally kind of try to, to stop and reverse Ragnarok and, and purge evil souls. Uh, and, and yeah, it's uh, it's fine. I really like it. Like I said, it's it ha- it's hitting me with the strange nostalgia where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep playing this. I want to see where the story is going. Um, and it's just compelling enough where I'm like, yeah, I, I dig this combat. The combat, when it's going, has a really fun flow. Um there are a few little gripes I have. Like, for example, each weapon, so you can collect weapons in the game, and, and 
a lot of systems in this game, I should say. And and you build your affinity with the weapon. This is pretty common in a lot of RPGs. The more you use it, the more you build your affinity and do more damage and shit like that. Which which sometimes gives me like the strange anxiety, like shit. I need to be juggling all these weapons to build infinity uh, affinity, or just just use one, and so I get to be the best with that weapon or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. The the UI though doesn't make it obvious what affinity each weapon has the elemental affinity and so there's a little bit of like just you have to memorize like oh yeah that sword does flame damage and so i I better equip that against those enemies like it's just little stuff like that that you're like oh you should clean that up in the ui so it's more obvious what this weapon what damage they're doing um but other than that like i really like the inherior system and those stuff they use that a little bit for like really light puzzle solving it's like oh you better summon your ice person so they can build this bridge that you can cross here. But it's like, it's nothing that requires any thought. It's just like, mm. once, once you figure out what each one can kind of do, the type of environmental hazards, then you pretty much have solved it. But uh, it looks looks pretty. Um, the characters themselves look, look great. And yeah, you know, I feel like if you've played previous uh, Valkyrie games, you you should give this one a try. It's, it's pretty cool. I... I uh, was given a code for this and I, I got the deluxe edition and I'm waiting for I, I think I'm supposed to have access now to the remake of the is it the PSP game or the or Vita game there's I mean the PSP game was a remake of the PS1 game so that's I think that's yeah. supposed to come on this deluxe edition but it might not be out yet because I couldn't find where to download it or anything hmm. like that but anyway okay, so that's cool yeah it's uh you know if you've been craving that style of kind of PS2 action RPG I think you'll dig this game Cool. Uh, I'm going to guess you haven't played Paw Patrol Grand Prix. And Fuck just... you. Wrong guess, buddy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I absolutely have played that game. Um, now, I it was on Game Pass, and I sometimes will download games knowing, hey, I'm going to play these with my kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I will just warn you, like, yeah, I was going to I was gonna enter this like, hey, guess what? I, I played this really cart, you know, uh, a cart racer tied to a hit cartoon series. And no, it is not Nickelodeon Cart Racers 3 Slime Speedway, as you might think. That that wasn't out yet as of this recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, so the Paw Patrol Grand Prix oh, game God. on Game Pass. Um, <laughs> it is... It is not good. <laughs> it is <laughs> really. Tell me more. I thought this was going to be the best Paw Patrol game ever. Paw Patrol Grand A Pricks. There is an, about it. I mean, there's multiple Paw Patrol games on Game Pass, just so you know. Um, hmm. There's another kart racer on there that is like, you know, Ryan's Toy Reviews, like yes. that YouTube channel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, his kart racer is better than this kart racer. Wow. <laughs> I, can, I can vouch <laughs> wow. for that. So, okay. Yeah. That's an authority no other podcast can state. Ryan's World's <laughs> Cart Racer. When you boot up the main menu of this game, this is this is the vibes I'm getting. Um, there's the Paw Patrol logo, but it's clearly designed to be a mobile game because it is pixelated and blown up because it's not meant for big TVs. Yeah. Like the main mm. logo is blow is is pixelated. I'm we like, thought you'd play this on an iPad. I, I, yeah, I, I think I actually that's was those pretty shocked of when I loaded up Game Pass this week and it's just like. We got DC Superhero Pets game. Yeah, no I extra charge. Yeah, like, I saw that too. You should, probably it. should have kids games here, but like, god damn, was that disappointing for someone my <laughs> age to load up? I want to play it, and I want to hear fake rock. I want to hear who they had yeah. doing the rock's voice Wh- of Superman's dog. Why? Why is is does Ace the Bat Hound fly? He I, should be a normal dog with in, intense training. <laughs> he does not have superpowers. I didn't see him flying in the trailers. It was just crypto. I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got Wiki Parez like immediately there. So like, here's the thing, man. Yeah, if, if you have kids and are like 
con- contemplating, you know, downloading this game on Game Pass. Maybe try out another kart racer is what I, I mean, <laughs> a different one. Maybe that Ryan's toy review kart racer. Um, you did play Slime Rancher too. Is that I, on I Game Pass so as well? It's it's Game Pass. It's in early, early access. Um, it feels like it's in early access. Yeah, so this it, is, it doesn't run very. I, I don't know the first one at all, but I was like willing to have it wash over me, and that it didn't do that in an hour and a half, two hours, like. Yeah, I think that's its problem. Being in early access, there's not an there's not as much content here mm-hmm. as Slime Rancher One, which mm. you know I, I I I did play about ten hours. The Slime Rancher games are super charming. Yeah. They're these um yeah. these games where you go out and you collect slimes out in this kind of open world environment. You bring them back to your ranch and you can kind of raise them. and And the whole goal is like you you feed them food and you can get these little slime bits that you sell to to build better stuff on your ranch right so it's kind of this like farming sim game but there's a weird kind of adventure element of going to the open world and, and yeah open freeform building so it kind of has that yeah. you know survivally vibe yeah there's as well. a little bit of survivally thing cuz there's a little bit of like hey experiment here you never know what will happen if you put these two slimes together mm-hmm. one might eat the other and then you have a hybrid slime or whatever like there's a little bit of that here but because this is early access still there's not as much content in this game yeah. as there is in Slime Rancher 1. Like, currently, unless you are, like, a hard, diehard Slime Rancher 1 fan and just can't wait to see what's what's coming in the next one, I would say, like, maybe hold off until the, there's... Maybe go back and play the, play the original, because that is a more complete game experience right now than Slime Rancher 2. Like, I see what they're getting at, mm. but I also didn't play long enough to be like, all right, well, where's the new stuff? You know, like it, it's still very sparse and empty and I wasn't able to, to really tell like, okay, what, what do you bring? What's new? Like, what's the new gimmick? You know, like if you're going to have a sequel, you got to have a new, new feature, new gimmick. I wasn't able to see that here. Um, so I, I really like the original. I think it's a charming game. I'll probably wait until this is out of early access mm. and content complete before trying it again. Mm. Well, also uh, this week, a game that I did not know existed at all until I saw a trailer for it pop up on Twitter this morning. Alfred Hitchcock colon Vertigo. I did. And I was like, what the the (laughs) fuck is this? I heard about this yesterday. I still haven't seen even gameplay of it yet. It does not uh, replicate the Jimmy Stewart Alfred Hitchcock classic. It instead tries to tell a similar story about... uh, yeah, this guy who he crashes a car in Brody Canyon and uh, kills his family and uh, has a suicide attempt and it leaves him with an intense case of vertigo. And it has a very telltale look to it. Like it, yeah. it's an art style that's very similar to The Walking Dead, The Wolf Among Us, those games. Which is um, out on Game Pass, I believe, this week for some reason. Oh, really? Nice. Can, yeah. Nice. The, uh, telltale games are back, baby. Walking Dead. Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, you play as, I think the main character, you also play as the sheriff who might be investigating him, uh, just based on the trailers, the entire thing seems to take place at a farmhouse. So it's like, if this isn't even in San Francisco, what are you doing? What? Yeah. What is the point of this? They made some choices, man. You showed us the trailer for this and I'm like. Fucking toss this in the pile with like Agatha Christie adaptations, like some single A fucking just I mean, like what wait. It's not either that public far domain off. or like, you know, just one step down from public domain in terms of like, yeah, yeah no one else is licensing this. I mean so it, it's right one ahead. of those things that it's just like 
this is so weird, like such a weird concept. Mm -hmm. I want to check it out. It's like, why would you do what's it's like if somebody did a modern day remake of, of Vertigo, but instead of doing it as a movie, they did it as a game and put Alfred Hitchcock's name on it for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. That's what, I I want to know what it's about. If you're going to remake Hitchcock, you do it shot for shot. That's mm-hmm. the recipe <laughs> yes. of success as seen by Psycho. That's why Vince Vaughn is our most treasured actor. <laughs> so it should be Gus Van Sant's Vertigo is what you're saying. And, and I, I want a Midge Seduction minigame. And that is a very good Vertigo reference for the people who actually yeah. give a shit. Yeah, boy. <laughs> But yeah, I may, maybe I'll try to play this uh, between now and next week. And I if I do, I will play it with uh, 3020 2010's Diana Goodman. I, I think so. We, we might have a re- full report next week. We'll see. Fucking Apocalypse Guide in, just Diana ranting about yes. everything yes. got wrong about Vertigo. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> it's so because it's not even like a fucking property like anyone cares. <laughs> like, why not like, just make this game without having to pay for the license for Hitchcock's yeah, name? And I don't. Everything. I don't get it. I don't get it. Maybe maybe I'll play it and be like, oh yeah, no, I see it now. I don't know, totally. I, yeah. I didn't. I didn't look into it, but I wondered like, is this a studio owned by Universal? Like, just right. You want minions or Alfred Hitchcock? Like, we'll take Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> Telltale presents a streetcar named Desire. <laughs> <But> those, <laughs> minions and Alfred Hitchcock would, like, minions kind of look like Alfred Hitchcock. It'd be a perfect yeah, fusion. True. They're both, yeah, it's right there on mm-hmm. the studio lot tour. What, you yeah. didn't see that part? No. Nope. It's like Michael. Where the minions jump up out of the water and Look, bite at the hold, tram. Hold that the phone. Bit. That joke doesn't work at all, because there's only one profile pop culture knows very well than Alfred Hitchcock, and he is not mm-hmm. pill-shaped. He no, is pear-shaped. That's true, but <laughs> there could yes. be pear-shaped minions. It's not a stretch. He walked into his profile for like a hundred episodes. Mm-hmm. I love that show. Ah, now I'm just imagining, uh, speaking of recognizable profiles, just like a scenario where he, both him and Orson Welles are drunk at the same cocktail party, and then uh. they, they get into a slap fight for some reason. Oh, to be a fly on the wall. X to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hit you with this French champagne filled with green penis. Who wrote this copy? All <laughs> <laughs> of natural goodness and green penis. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. I will go. That's down. Paul Masson's vertigo, the one uh, that y'all yeah. were describing. Mm-hmm. 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 Anyway, we should move along. It's based too. on U2's vertigo. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. Yes! I understood that, bro. Hey, once again, listeners, we're in that awkward situation where you know more about a thing we're about to talk about for the next 10 minutes because (laughs) Nintendo announced the Direct all about the Mario movie that we haven't been able to see because it's happening after we record this, although we did get a sneak peek. So there's two sneak peeks we got. We got the official one, Mm -hmm. which is like a still... Of Mario's back, and all anyone can talk about is how he doesn't have any ass. Yeah, I'm just like, settle down, people. It's Mario. See, I was so fixated on the ass that it wasn't until later that evening I noticed, like, oh, the antique stand has a bunch yeah. of eight bit stuff. That's cute. <laughs> yeah, I found all those Easter eggs with like right when I saw it. Meanwhile, Ask Man over here mm-hmm. is like focused yeah. on Mario's buttocks. Yeah, but, uh, well, I'm I'm a religious Twitter reader, then that's all they wanted to focus on. That so. doesn't okay. look like an authentic Italian turd cutter. 
It's everyone else's fault, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I, <laughs> but no, I mean, the teaser image was kind of cool. And like Michael yeah, said, there's, there's Easter eggs, as you would want there to be. And, and the, the coolest, one of the coolest was the antique thing that showed, like, POW blocks and other things that haven't the really music, been a part. The 8-bit music blocks, it's stuff like that. never been used yeah. again. Yeah. Um, and then it, it, it had a pretty cool-looking version of the world. And the toads looked for the most part, like Toads, right? And Mario's his, his costume, his outfit, whatever you want to say it, looks like Mario just with like, oh yeah, those are more realistic textures or something mm-hmm. like which, that. Which so is the, something the they were image. doing it with like the Wii Smash Brothers. Go look at that trailer. Like they have authentic denim outlines and colors in a way that they abandoned in, in the next two Smashes. I really like too when I look at this teaser image and it shows like the castle up on the hill and stuff. It kind of looks like when I was there in Universal not too long ago and they were building the Mario Land. I'm like, oh, this kind of looks like how that looked under construction, you know. Plus, there's a bunch of floating uh, galaxy esque islands all around everything, which is kind of mm-hmm. neat. You know, it's like, oh yeah, we, we for some reason we just have free hanging islands with waterfalls that go to nowhere in in our Mario world. I want to use this wonderful moment that we have where we we have not seen this. But it's coming. Mm-hmm. And I just keep telling you guys, like, are, are you bracing yourself for the most obnoxious day of the internet that's ever existed when the Mario trailer comes point. out? It's a good point. It, it's going to be so fucking awful. Just the reaction to the poster and the leak of the face. Like, it's not exactly the thing. <laughs> that's just, the, other, well, the yeah. other visual we got is there might may or may not be an unofficial visual that might have leaked through maybe a, a fast food tie-in. But anyway, it's this, it shows his face, and it's weird because it's like Mario, but it's not quite. Not it's weird. not like the Wish version of Mario. Nobody with a casual knowledge of Mario would blink bat an eye. Okay, a casual knowledge, but here's the thing. Nintendo controls this image so tightly that to see something that he's even slightly off-model is weird. But he's off model a little in every game as it evolves. Always. But uh, but I think the stuff that throws me for this is like they're trying to make it look realistic, right? And so instead of big yellow buttons, he's got these natural looking buttons that you would actually see on overalls, right? It's it, it but the eyes is really I was like, "Oh shit, it's the eyes." So Mario has these bright blue, beautiful eyes, dreamy, right? But then <laughs> then this re- more get realistic version yes. That this more realistic version has blue eyes, but it's like how an actual human being's blue eyes would be. It's not like a solid thing of blue in the cornea, right? It's it's a fucking like oh yeah, it's there's depth and it, these are realistic looking blue eyes, but uh, it's they're also slightly smaller than Mario's that's normal true. eyes. Yeah, but it's just enough to be like, and the hair is another people people are latching on to, and even like his body shape, and it's it's like it's just off model enough where it's giving people. <laughs> Is it just having to suffer through Captain Lou Albano and his pierced cheeks as as Mario? Like, <laughs> I don't care. This but, is not that. Big I mean, the, the thing is, it's like those like the eighties Mario knockoff shit. Like all the merchandise we got, that was so off model. Yeah, that it kind of became its own thing. And people, yeah, look, Bob Hoskins is like, yeah, you're not trying the, to be this, like the video this game is, version of Mario. Yeah, but this is weird because it's so close and yet it's just different enough. That's what I'm saying. It's it's uncanny valley, which I didn't mm-hmm. know could exist for fake, yeah, for for fictional for cartoon characters. characters <laughs> yeah, basically. uncanny valley is supposed to be like, hey, that supposed to which, be human, but I can tell it's not. But it's to your point is is only more disconcerting because like we only saw the 
faces of the toads, which is like, this is 100% accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Outside of the smile, pretty, like pretty the, the detailed smile lines, like they look just like toads. There's some scale issues there. I got to be honest. Their heads are a little, little more rounded than I'm used mm. to on a toad. But it's, it's, it's not drastic enough to where it's like distracting and like causing like the ugly Sonic thing that happened where it's like everyone freaks out because it's, you know, this whole weird thing. And yeah. I'm predicting what's going to happen because once the trailer drops, everyone's going to forget about all of these details because all everyone wants wants to hear is like the voice. Yeah. Once yep. we hear the voice, we're going to forget about Mario's ass and Uncanny Valley and yep. that no matter what that voice is, it could be just Chris Pratt's regular mm-hmm. voice, whatever it is. That's going to dominate everything else about yeah. this. Hey, kids, this movie is about how my ass is flat and my face is weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think, um, yeah, as a default, the greater Internet's hatred for Chris Pratt mm. and distaste for the minions uh, is going to color this in such a fucking obnoxious, stupid way that is not warranted. And and I'm saying that as someone who I, I recently saw the new Minions movie. And I'm not proud of this. And it's just like, this movie is fine. It's just, I, I don't get why people care that much. It feels very unexceptional. Uh, I would prefer, Kung Fu Panda is better than this. Every Pixar thing that's ever happened is better than this. I, I uh, saw a very appropriate Onion headline today, which was like, man in 30s really upset that uh, Cartoon right. Network ruined the look of these 80s characters. And it's like, yeah, like, dude. You're overanalyzing. It's a fucking. Mm-hmm. It's a. It's a movie right. that's a kids' movie. It'll be fun. Yeah, well, Just go with the it. The difference you know? is like I can look at this and say, you know, even as a 44 year old man, like that's kind of weird. There's something off about this. I'm not gonna go fucking pitch a fit and yell about it past this yeah. podcast. Like yeah. I don't. I'm, at the end of the day, I don't really care. It's yeah, fine, yeah. but it's that, a little that, weird. The, the, the greatest video game movie ever made is Sonic Two. Great movie, and, and, and that's that's where we are, and, and even that like doesn't redefine like what you think about Sonic. Like it, it like it just enhances. It's just a nice addition to what you think about Sonic. What I what I wanted to speculate. I told you guys earlier, like uh, Nintendo's support of this because they occasionally like yeah, there's a Pikachu Fiat. <laughs> out (laughs) but they they don't do directs about it and like so to me this movie is still a year off and that Mm. is kind of when nintendo should announce a new console or a new mario game because i don't i don't have these uh stats concrete but from what i understand a great good mario game can make astoundingly more money than a good, like a, a, a well-performing Mario movie. And the only reason I think Nintendo's banking on this is because, like, yeah, just solidify the brand. Uh, we got the Illum- the Illumination Studio is not magic. I think they're kind of pretty hit or miss. Uh, Rise of Gru is the best movie of the year. Don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You, you know who who sucks more than the minions? Gru. <laughs> like, fucking uh, sucks. May, maybe Kid Gru sucks more than Gru. Oh, right? it was awful. I wanted him out of the movie altogether. Uh, I, I, I hate Gru. Gru sucks. Uh, <laughs> uh, no matter how much you think the minions suck, and I, I am predicting this movie will be 
not mega successful, but moderately successful. It will get one sequel, and Illumination will get tired of working with Nintendo, and vice versa, and we'll get two movies out of this. But we, but what I'm more excited about is like, if Nintendo's hyping this up, they don't need the money from this movie. They're going to get a cut of $300 million. Every Mario game makes $300 million. This is a weird amount of analysis considering all we've seen is a poster. And a <laughs> That's picture. why it's going to be the most annoying day on the internet. That's why I set it up. Mm-hmm. That's why I set it up. Um, since, wait, since you mentioned Pikachu, I want to take us on a very brief tangent. Uh, and off-model shit, have you guys seen, there is a clip that's been circulating on Twitter uh, posted by uh, at Jordan Midler talking about the BBC coverage of the Pokemon seizure episode around a year before Pokemon came to the West at all. Uh, the way that they pronounce Pikachu in this clip. Oh, no. Here we go. An investigation's underway in Japan into why more than 600 children suffered from convulsions and vomiting after watching a television cartoon program. It's thought that bright flashing lights in the cartoon, pocket monsters, were to blame. Andrew Burroughs reports. Almost every Japanese child knows pocket monsters and its star, Pakucho. They play the Nintendo <laughs> computer game. They even sing the Pocket Monsters song. Pokemon! <laughs> like, do you suppose, like, you know how, like, American newscasters speak with, like, a very exaggerated, you know, way of they speaking do, English? Very and, you know, seriously. For our accent, like, do you think British newscasters have the, like, I am the most British you will ever sound? Yeah. You pa- don't Pacucho? want to replace me. I have the most. I am the James Mason of this stupid <laughs> fucking report on Pokemon Sinclair games. I <laughs> woke up with a stiff upper lip. <laughs> Pocket monsters for the ZX Pocket Spectrum, monsters. as they're called. Hmm. As Pica- we called them in the colonies. Pikachu. Pikachu. No, you call it Pikachu. 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 Pikachu in in Charizard. Mm-hmm. I tried Pikachu at a like, sushi restaurant. It was yeah. wonderful. I don't know. Uh, please continue with the news. <laughs> but actually, you bring up Pikachu, like, hey, man, that uh, Detective Pikachu movie was pretty fucking dope. So, mm. yeah. Don't, don't overanalyze shit, people. Please uh, live your life. Well, it's, it's, just, it's just like uh, the per- I, I was saying, the, guy in the, video the, the person podcast. I was dating that yeah. just like, <laughs> what, what, in, what could a new Mario movie do at its worst to infiltrate your thoughts on the Mario series. Just think of one Mario game. This isn't... It will never taint anything. And, and like, I'm saying... So, I watched the most recent Minions film. I've watched a couple of them. I don't get it. I sometimes resent the Minions being very popular, but they're like... They're fine. They're serviceable films. This is will be the same. A serviceable film, but unnecessary <laughs> to, to, the, to the Mario lore. Banana. And I'm excited to see Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, which is kind of the only thing I've ever wanted to see in my whole life. <laughs> Let's right. hope he does the um, laugh. The only thing I've wanted to do and see is a new Witcher game. And we're getting that, apparently. So uh, CD Projekt Red, they announced not only a new Witcher game, but like three different games. I think three Witcher games. They announced a new cyberpunk game. They announced a new IP. Like, they're working on a lot of shit. This is all tied to... I hope my non-existent kids will get to play it, because judging by their development time... 
Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I think they've announced the next 20 years worth of CD project, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, they, yeah. They, I, this is one of those deals where I don't know if they're public in, in I think they're based in Poland, but um, their CEO also stepped down in the same week. So sometimes you do that. It's like, hey, we're going to have a little bit of news that might scare shareholders. So we better fucking announce a lot of cool shit. And they sure did. Hmm. So Orion is not only just that expansion window is coming for Cyberpunk. Uh, it's an all new Cyberpunk game. It's, uh, yeah, who knows when that comes out, right? Like, at least they didn't. I think the problem with Cyberpunk, they announced it with that really kick-ass CG trailer that we were all like, fuck, mm. yes. And then it was like literally 10 years before we got to play <laughs> yes. the game. So don't do that. And, but that, 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 like, I just want to talk about that briefly. The the, the renaissance of Cyberpunk or like the uh, re-evaluation of Cyberpunk. It did, in most places, it's dropped to half price. But I've talked to st- a stupid amount of kids about cyberpunk edge runner the anime being very successful and the kids i know are all playing cyberpunk now because of how much they love this anime i watched that show that got me to reinstall the games so. yeah like it's wow. i've watched the first couple episodes <laughs> it is more intriguing than the situation starting you in cyberpunk it really is the yeah. the only problem with that i was telling you guys like cyberpunk's cool as hell man i get it cyberpunk like the yeah. the world and, and stuff like that which the game though at the end of the day you hit that game and it's solid, and I've finished it recently when all the bugs were supposed to be fixed and stuff, but at the end of the day, it's still like a, yeah, this is a pre- pretty good open world game. It's not like a fucking, it's not Elden Ring, right? Like, it's, right. it's, it's but, very but it's much still, it's serviceable still open world It drove game. a massive amount of people through a successful Netflix series to re-download the game, and that's yeah. not something I really heard with The Witcher. It's something Castlevania had no such luxury to do. But a, a hit show driving people back into the game, and I think, duh, half like the game is half off, like it's thirty bucks now. That has to be part of it. But now it's topping the charts, and you know my lady's sons and his friends are all playing Cyberpunk eighteen months after the fact because of a successful cartoon show. <laughs> it just yeah. it's blowing my mind. It is really blowing my mind. It, yeah, it, it is weird. I think they they had The Witcher. And then didn't have any really game to go along with it, unless you're counting Gwent. Maybe, and that that was that was my speculation. Nintendo is pimping the shit out of this Mario movie because what a great time to release a new game or a new console when the whole world is spending money on your movie and happy with it. Uh, and I don't know, I don't love Illumination, but whatever they've done with the minions appeals to both adults and kids. If people walk out of that movie in love with Nintendo, um, they we're, we're done. We, we've moved on from yeah. Nintendo. They better be got, announcing got, something new and grand when that movie. I know comes you out. can talk about this for a whole hour, but we got to move we on. Can, yeah. So Polaris is another. This, this is gets confusing. There's multiple Witcher projects. There's Polaris, which they said is the start of a new trilogy. Then there's King, all these fucking planets. There's one Witcher names. trilogy King, already Majoris. after like twenty years. Candace Majoris, which they call a full-fledged Witcher game, separate to the new saga. Uh, so maybe this must mean is there is there a Geralt game and then there's a, a Siri game, maybe, is what they're hinting at here. I bet, I bet it's all a fucking mobile Gwent game. Hmm. <laughs> and then Sirius is could, a, could another a game show. set in the Witcher universe. It's created by... Um, Let's see. It's differ. It's multiplayer. Oh, that's the other thing they said. A lot of their games will have multiplayer, and then there's an all new IP, not Cyberpunk, not Witcher. So yeah, CD Projekt Red. Witcher Infinity, Punk. 
pretty busy. They did mention like the new Witcher trilogy they're working on is supposed to span across six years. So it's like, okay, are they are they are they doing the the Lord of the Rings shit where they're just like making all this shit at once and mm. then releasing everything every two years? Or what are they what are they doing here with mm. this? You know. Yeah, we're making a three hundred hour game. <laughs> I feel like any any one of those like news stories coming off the you know cyberpunk resurgence would have been good enough, but man, you feel like they kind of just got a little too much out there too early. Uh this to me felt very much like a shareholder announcement of like, mm-hmm. look at all this shit that will be coming down the line. That, We're not seeing any that assets. Might from any be of this happening, stuff. and we could cancel this as we move forward. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean that, ha- that happens too, right? So it's very much just like, look how busy our studio is. All that money we made on cyberpunk, we are applying in other places to make even more money. So I think the saddest thing in the world would be by the time Netflix cancels their Witcher series, which broken record, I do think game IP will redefine the streaming era. When you go to download the Netflix app, the Witcher is one of the first things you see because it's what people like the most. If the Witcher series, by the time it's canceled by Netflix is longer than Witcher three and all the DLC. That's how you know CD Projekt Red has got to step it up. I don't think that'll happen. I think, like you said, Netflix kind of has a tendency. Was it three and done? Four. Is that, it's four. Like they, it, four, four is the magic done? number. It, it will cancel you after four four seasons. So we'll see. But uh, I'm excited because I enjoy Witcher games and I liked Cyberpunk. So, yeah, why not? More, more of both. Uh, let's see. Oh, speaking of a thing I like that I want more of. Crystal Dynamics. Oh. Yes. They've been embraced, as you might remember. They're no longer reporting to Square. They are now uh, part of the Embracer group. They sent out a survey where they are asking folks, hey, uh, hey, uh, how, how, how would you like a little bit of that old uh, legacy of Kane? Yeah. That now that we're owned by the Embracer group, which sounds like vampires. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, I, like I still imagine Christopher Lloyd with fake eyes running this whole corporation. Hmm. It's <laughs> Judge Doom. I bought this to dismantle it. I'd say, you know, as a guy who does consumer research stuff from time to time, like, don't read too much into this stuff. But, yeah, the questions would seem to seem to uh, lead people to believe they might be at least evaluating um, bringing back that franchise, to which I respond a resounding yes. Please do. Please bring mm. that shit back because it's been and bring too back long. pandemonium. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Michael. But I'd say, you know, if you are Crystal Dynamics and now you are owned by a different publisher, the chances of reviving an old IP like that can increase depending on who the new owner is, right? Where it's it's like, I don't think Square Enix was like, yeah, no, yeah, please do more Legacy of Kane. Like that series never made a ton of money for them. Like I, I always got the impression it was like, Kevin Smith movies, right? Like it's like, yeah, like it's a hit, yeah, but it's, but it's, it's not it's like still a less risky hit. than starting from scratch, especially after yeah. an acquisition like that. Yeah, still Absolutely. like a known IP. Yeah, and then you know the owners, so Embracer themselves, they basically said that they see great potential in making sequels, remakes, remasters, and spin-offs from dormant franchises, of which Legacy of Kane absolutely fits the bill. Mm. So. Yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. I love little rumors and shit like this. Um, Soul Reaver or GTFO. There you go. Yeah. Uh, you Definitely one place that you won't be able to play that is Google Stadia. Yeah. Because uh, Google is officially shutting down Stadia, which if you've been paying attention over the past year or two, like the writing was all but on the wall with this one. Like everything was hinting like, yeah, they're they're slowly 
I think what was the the last announcement was like we're no longer doing game development yeah. for this. Yeah. And then and then it yeah just basically became and, this. And, 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 it's a storefront and a service. Store, well, I mean, it, it only ever had like a handful of exclusives. Like I think Orcs Must Die Three might have been the biggest one. Well, there was like third party developed exclusives, and then they mm. at one point had it to. Division that was headed up by mm-hmm. Jade Raymond, right? Like she was their in-house development studio lead or something for a little for a yeah. spell. Headed up by by and, Phil Harrison, the PlayStation. Fan. Well, the, the entire group was headed yeah. up by Phil Harrison, and yeah, now it's 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 shutting its doors, and you know they're basically on record saying, "Hey, we're going to try to find all these people jobs elsewhere within Google," uh, which I hope they do. Uh, and anyone that is affected by this, it's always sad, and I'm, I'm sorry to hear it, but it's you know in this case, it's one of those things where. Uh, the writing sort of has been on the wall when you look at like, hey, they're not they're not fulfilling a lot of the promises of this tech. Like when they first announced it, it was like, you're going to be watching your favorite YouTuber and they'll be playing that game and then you can just click on, on a button here and instantly start playing that game. Or you can hand off games between your, you and your buddies because it's, it's all in the cloud. There's no console. If you, you, know. if you remember our slash my initial excitement was both for Google being able to facilitate getting America a better Im- internet infrastructure and basically what game pass has already done. And, and one of the things I was reading about like why this, they pulled the plug on it. Like after Stadia was announced, Microsoft bought Bethesda and Activision. And it's just like, well, we can't play that game hmm. where w- Google does not want to spend that much money to make first party development. So we can't exist in this space. And uh, it's not their fault for backing out. It's their fault for not doubling down in the beginning, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, like, their their first exclusive was Gilt, like G-Y-L-T, mm-hmm. which it's like, you know, this little indie stealth horror game. Yeah. And uh, like, that's what you're leading with. That's that's yeah. your opening salvo. It, it always felt to me like it was a bunch of tech guys who didn't know much about games you know mm. like it was like yeah that's that's not a smart games industry decision like that's your big exclusive or like to chris's yeah. point it, it, it's the, true the thing with streaming, I, I, think, I think they were leaning on like the idea that we can make this technically possible whereas microsoft yeah. doesn't build internet yeah. sony well, doesn't but build they internet. do build internet that, so microsoft does but behind the scenes but I, well, I think behind the scenes they do they have azure servers and all this shit totally. like the, the the cloud so here's here's the thing i think where the market has evolved to me at least cloud streaming games has has become almost this perception it's a good value add for other existing services right yeah. so mm-hmm. for example you get it as part mm-hmm. of game pass the yes game that's pass, great right as it and now with the new revamp of playstation plus you get it as part of playstation plus like it's 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 absorbed what playstation now was yeah. right so it's like okay yeah streaming is this great additional offer as part of the subscription because the subscription is all about content right access mm-hmm. to this content versus google what they had was the technology, not so much the content piece, yeah. right? Not so much right. like, yeah, we have this huge library of titles or exclusives right. or anything you yeah. want access I, to. I think what they needed to do was showcase right off the bat, because the, the, the part of the big promise of something like Stadia is, like, you will be streaming this from the most powerful computer hardware. Yeah. Like, they needed right. to have something that looked better than what was on ps5 and xbox series x for example yeah. like yeah. they needed to you know showcase the promise of it and i i don't feel like they ever quite did that and i Never do remember did. there was some pitfalls early on i think people were saying like the stadia version of destiny doesn't look as good as like the pc version running yeah. on 
uh, you know, above average specs. Um, and, but then it did, it did fulfill some promises. Like I remember the, uh, the Stadia version of Ghost Recon Breakpoint had that thing where you can watch like, uh, feeds of, if, if you're playing co-op, you can watch feeds of the other players, like in little tiny windows mm-hmm. on your screen as, as if you're looking at their helmet cams or something. Yeah. That that was kind of cool. No, no the, 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 like everybody when they reviewed Stadia, like the tech, I cannot believe this works. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't like where where I am. We just got fiber internet like a year or two ago, and like, but you guys in North California are still kind of struggling with fiber internet, aren't you? Are you not? Yeah, yeah it's uh, people we, we have, have misconception. People think that the the Silicon Valley has like the best internet in the world. It's it the has worst. Some of the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, the, it's the worst. And, and 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 I thought Google was making a push to make to like the government does not want Google to own y- your ISP and how you get your internet, but Google would very much like to do that. Uh, and I thought that marriage, like the idea that like Google wants to get you fiber internet and wants to deliver you this game service. And, will, and and is a billion dollar company that will spend the money, and it turned out, we look at it, they didn't spend anywhere near enough money to even like be a mobile product like a, <laughs> that you downloaded stuff on. I was just gonna say like they they had it like you guys are saying they had it on the tech side, but yeah. they didn't kind of meet the industry where the industry is like yeah. Stadia from the time they debuted was like a big thing because hey here's Google putting out their product in the gaming space, but until the story of them like now closing everything down i really can't think of the last time i even thought or heard of anything study had done at all in the in the environment right like they weren't a part of like the gaming sphere i, I knew like- two people michael and sam who who purchased things on stadia and played them and and, and sam more than michael was like he's totally happy with it like it works over yeah. fiber all good yeah. but even that they didn't recognize the market of like the games were full price and they yeah. never had steep sales like other platforms like steam does. Right. Yep. And also like, I'm sorry. They can tell me all day. Well, when you buy a game, you don't actually buy a game. You license it. Consumer perception, buying a, a cloud yeah. version of a game. It should cost less than the yes. full downloadable version. Of well, game. And they never, they never did that. Here's what they did do. They had the stadia pro subscription where you yep. pay 10 bucks. You get two free games a month. Yes. I, uh, I have had a subscription since, 2019 and i have about like 98 games that i've almost (laughs) never touched and that's part of the reason i still have the subscription uh because it's like well but i'll lose all these games that i haven't yet played if i cut it off there's a certain sunk cost fallacy but that is over now because i got an email this morning saying your uh subscription is cut off as of october 20th and initially that upset me a bit because it's like you guys said this was going to stick around until january but i i lose access to all my games uh in 15 days and i found out looking into it no that's wrong it's because they're actually doing the right thing they're they're Mm. doing right by their customers in that they are refunding the purchase price of any games you bought they yeah. are refunding the it's, price of the the hardware. They are not refunding the subscription, but if you have a subscription, you do not have to pay for it for the right. next three months. You just Ooh. you just get yep. to coast for free. You can play whatever games you have, and you'll you'll lose access in January, but you you'll get basically three free months. And I, I just want to say, and I'm if you I, had a subscription it, as of late September yeah, I will never yeah. be the guy who falls on his back to defend billion dollar corporations but 
Nobody refunded my HD DVD money. Nobody re- <laughs> refunded my Can Sega Saturn money. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's I, it's good for Google to do because they can do this again and be like, if this doesn't work, we'll give you the money back. Mm-hmm. Um, it really like next time we talk about this, and Google will try this again. They should. I- I wouldn't have guessed that they had 98 games on the service until Michael oh, yeah, threw out that number. It's That's the thing. At the end of the day, what this became was a, a storefront with not as many games as the Epic Store, mm-hmm. basically, mm. but charged the same well, prices. That's the thing. Plenty of games released, but it's like we. It, it, like they're uh, comparable with what, what the versions of these games are on other systems, mm-hmm. and they have very few exclusives or anything that like it really impresses hardware-wise. So Yeah. I remember we talked about this for months before the lead up. If they have a Game Pass model where like you get unlimited mm-hmm. this and that played on hardware you could never afford, this is a no-brainer. This will kill the games industry. It'll, it'll completely change everything. And Google got cold feet. And again, I remember I remember reading I was reading about it and like once a bunch of developers started being bought for hundreds of millions of dollars. Google's like, well, I didn't know that it would cost this much. I'm, <laughs> I'm not ready to do, we're not ready to do this as a company. Hmm. And, and, and the game did change like while they were launching. So I hope something happens like that. I hope a fucking, cause I, I have fiber now and like the, the streaming a game is still kind of a novelty. I can't believe I can sort of do this. It's not great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Even even on the best internet connection, it's not and, and that's, That shows you how far they still had to go. If you weren't able to make a streaming game service work when everyone was at home for COVID and stuff, like and playing more games than ever, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you probably weren't going to make. No, it. they were that, they were buying games for their PS5s that they. Could no get. one wants to hear me talk more, <laughs> but that. Comcast has a monopoly over our country's internet and will not upgrade it unless they're forced to. And I was hoping Google would figure out a way to do that, and they didn't. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. If you live in a neighborhood with a Time Warner Spectrum or Comcast, they don't like that you have internet. And they don't want you to have it, and they don't like the idea that you're not paying $100 for cable channels every month. Yeah. Uh, there's no incentive for them to to build you a better internet infrastructure and try and find an alternative. Anyway, that is all the news that is fit to play over the cloud. I bored myself. (laughs) (laughs) I I did just want to add, when I did use Stadia, like it worked pretty well and it was pretty neat. Like, oh, I can play Assassin's Creed Valhalla in a browser window and it works pretty well. That's cool. You can play it on a phone mounted to your, like... Series X controller. That was amazing. I, did did it ever work with phones that weren't just like Google phones? XCloud. Oh, I don't know. Microsoft. Oh, X, XCloud, yeah. Microsoft, but, I mean, like yes, Stadia but... specifically. Anyway, let's move on to the community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week was, who's your favorite X-Man uh, or uh-huh. member of the X-Men? Uh, Anthony, you weren't here last week. Do you have a favorite X-Men Team you know, y'all talked about Wolverine a lot. Wolverine is yes, definitely like top three for me. Mm-hmm. So I will have to pivot and say, probably got to go with Gambit. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Gambit's a fun one. Gambit's In terms of powers you would character. want to have, like. Yeah. Let me charge this thing and throw it at you and blow yep. some shit up, you know? Mm-hmm. Gambit's a fun character. And maybe it's also because, like, my grandparents are from, like, Louisiana. So, like, 
Even even as ridiculous as that character sounds in a nice cartoon, a little bit of that Cajun Creole accent. Is, oh, it Bruce Wayne Brady, y'all. Look, I'm gonna tell you, this is, how, uh, this is how my grandma counts. She counts mm. one, two, three. One, two, three, Shan. That's how my grandma talks. So <laughs> part of Gambit nice. is like, that's part of like growing up for me. It's like, even as ridiculous as he is in the cartoon. But I think Gambit's a really fun character. Also, he's one of my favorite characters in Marvel vs. Capcom, too. So I got to go with Gambit. Yeah, he's mm. awesome. Yeah, a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, uh, Darth Ender X on VigiGamePocalypse.com said, James Madrox, Multiple Man. Mm. I love how he takes a power that just starts off as... I make a bunch of clones to serve as fist fodder to some really interesting places with how he eventually learns to apply it. Specifically, when he figures out that he can, say, walk into a library, make a hundred clones, have them each read a book, and when he reabsorbs them, he's read a hundred books in a day. He's basically able to use this ability to rapidly become an expert in any field he wants, like yeah. science, criminology, etc. I cool. see where he's going. It's, he it was sounds Naruto like... before Naruto. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it, it, well, it sounds like, uh, yeah, whatever program Neo was doing, but you get to see mm. behind the scenes. Sounds like I Groundhog know, Day to me. I know a hundred <laughs> Kung Fus. Uh, I told you, call me Bronco. Uh, Semi Fracky says, uh, I spent almost half of my life in New Orleans. No. I know where this is going. I graduated from high school and college there. Uh, it's where I met my wife, and I try to get back there at least once a year to visit my family. When I'm not playing video games or reading comics, I'm usually perfecting my gumbo recipe. So Gotta my favorite X Man is Go Tigers. Is Nightcrawler? I did not expect No one expects the Germans. Yeah. Oh, bam. Uh, because teleporting is neat. Oh, you thought I was going to pick Gambit. Wow. 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 Way to stereotype. Wow. I did not see that coming. That shit. I, I didn't either. Yeah. Semi Fracky really. Put me in a controversial space. Leonardo Chavez on the official Laser Time community on Facebook says, I always thought of Jubilee as my introduction to the idea of what mutants are and who the X-Men are. I enjoyed watching the animated series, but really found my love of the character in reading the Generation X comic yeah. series. You know, everyone always, always overlooks Gen X. Shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. um, no. <laughs> I, I love this series so much. I watched the 1996 TV movie on the day it aired, was disappointed to see they removed much of her personality and did not cast her as Chinese-American. Pre-MCU days were dark times. I think I watched that. Was that the one where Matt Frewer was the villain? I don't. That was, that's I don't, that was I the was Fox not aware one. of this being a thing. Mm. For sure. Yeah. Um, man, yeah, I don't remember. Oh, okay. Uh, hmm, I'm just going to try this name. Padraig Sean O'Rourke? Sure. It's just Sean O'Rourke. It's just Sean O'Rourke. I always had a lot of love for Nightcrawler and other monstrous mutants, since mm. they can't pretend to be human and must face the cruelty and prejudice every day of their lives. Not to mention that teleportation is my favorite superpower, and he got one hell of an opening scene in X2 yeah. that showed just how cool that power is on the big screen. And I think, this is me and Anthony talking now, that that is still one of the coolest movies in any, or coolest scenes in any superhero movie yeah. ever. One of the best superhero movies, period. Yeah. yeah. X2, like, Marvel is slowly getting to, like, how the fuck do you explain that superpowers? And X2 just did it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Guys made of metal, guys indestructible, guys made of ice. Just relax, deal yeah, with it. Just, just go with the and, flow. And 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 it, it made me think of his comment. Made me think of Overwatch because of Tracer. 
where <laughs> like uh but I I did because I played as Tracer and like but that's how good Overwatch's balance is. You have a teleporting character who isn't automatically the best. Mm. <laughs> she is not automatically the best. You cannot like just win with a character who can warp behind your back and shoot you in your spinal column. Ah, uh, Tracer. Uh, Alex Crowley says my favorite character has always been Cyclops. Mm. I always thought he was cool. This guy's a narc. Yeah, I really <laughs> loved his arc in Grant Morrison's new X Men. I liked him. That shit is great. Uh, okay, I liked him dating someone more interesting like Emma Frost and him becoming the leader of mutants in X Men versus the Avengers. Emma Frost also did like a face turn, I think, in recent years, didn't she? Like she yeah. became yeah, joined the X Men. In X Men versus the Avengers, she was one of the five. I think she was one of the five uh, X Men who absorbed the the mutant powers. Which I just want to say, for casual nerds, so was Namor. Like uh, people forget, Submariner was revealed as the first mutant hmm. in Marvel Comics, and when you see him in that Black Panther trailer, like. We might be looking at our first mutant, Maybe. real mutant, mutant ass mutant. I hope he. I hope he's as terrible as the deep. <laughs> Nobody is a bigger asshole than Namor. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. He sucks. He he was like one of the first superheroes. He's created by three Marvel superheroes. Marvel yes. when it was timely comics, like, yep. and he and Human Torch, like they had. Like that when was the was, first when major Torch crossover. Was a robot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they had a, a massive, massive crossover where they fought, and it was like a huge, huge event for comics at the time. Yep. But yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm super excited because. Sorry, Con- Submariner was caught up in a lot of weird rights beyond Fox. Yeah. I just I just hope he says suffering shad at some point in the movie. Ugh. I hope he <laughs> fucks Invisible Girl in front of in front of John Krasinski. <laughs> Jesus. Jet BTW on Twitter says, well, it's Wolverine. Boring and obvious answer, but I can't help it. He's been my favorite since I was nine and obsessed with a series. Uh, Fun fact, I once uh, pressed my Wolverine action figure's face into Silly Putty and resealed the container. (laughs) I still have it. I was a weird kid. Love (laughs) reading that. We have a uh, video answer from Full Install who says... Hey guys, it's Tom here from YouTube channel Full Install, coming at you from England, where the weather is cold, the Queen is dead, and the pound is failing. We're all going to die! (laughs) Anyway, more important things, the question of the week. I think instinctively, I probably would have said Wolverine, but he's not my favourite character. He's just the best character, isn't he? There's a difference. I think Mm. he's the one that's been portrayed the best on screen. Who doesn't like Hugh Jackman? Someone doesn't. There's someone out there who doesn't like him. But no, for me, I think it was always Gambit. Gambit was my favourite, especially in the cartoon. He just had a bit more about him. X-Men was always really, really serious, and Gambit was was a bit of comic relief, wasn't he? Um, you know, he was always trying to sleaze women, and he was easily the most imitatable. What did you need to be Gambit? Big stick, deck of cards, and that's pretty much what I had growing up. So, yeah. Stick, stick. Gambit, that's all I got. Nice. Thank you, Fonsoir. Yeah, if you don't if you don't read X Men, it's one of my favorite things about Gambit is that he can charge anything and throw it at you, but found that cards were the most economical. I can spend sure. one dollar and have fifty four pieces of ammunition, and it became part of his character. In like every game he played, he threw cards, even though he could, he could charge a missile. He could charge. Yeah. <laughs> and throw it at you. I mean, he could but, charge you. He could punch yeah, you yeah. and transfer <laughs> connect yeah, energy into he you. Could, and make He could explode. charge a mat and just throw him at Michael. It would yeah. be no, Being I mean, able to throw cards explode. is a cool trick. And yeah. then you make that into your superpower and like, oh man, you're like a street magician now. 
You're like those guys you don't make eye contact with when you're walking down the street. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, you don't. No. I just realized though, if you if you say his catchphrases without his accent, it just sounds like you're talking to Cher. Hmm. You're like, you know, uh, how's it going, Cher? You know, mm-hmm. and it, it, yeah. anyway, sorry. Loved you in Moonstruck, Cher. That's his famous yeah. catchphrase, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> How was Danny Aiello home? <laughs> Did anyone else see that Van Damme movie Hard Target at the time and think he'd be a perfect gambit Hell back yeah. then? Hell yeah. <laughs> With where the he, mullet. Where you he know? punches out a snake and Wilford Brimley blows <laughs> yes. up a horse. It's fucking yeah. amazing. That would have been like my wizard fan casting back in the 90s. Uh. That was the first John Woo movie my father took me to. John Woo? You should learn about John Woo by seeing Woo. Hard Target. Like, Dad, <laughs> NPR has failed you. It's important <laughs> you understand our country's history and learn about John Woo. <laughs> With the Belgian man in New Orleans. Eventually we'll work back to Broken Arrow. <laughs> uh, by the way, Full Install sent an adorable picture of his dog that um, yeah. he says, yeah, when I when I pushed all my dog's fur forward. She looked a bit like pissed off Leif Schreiber. So I guess that means she also looks a bit like Chris Antista yeah, and exactly. can confirm this yeah, dog a does bit, look yeah. a bit like pissed off Leif Schreiber. Yeah. I, I, I kind of look like an aggravated dog at all times. <laughs> That's why it's been so hard for me to find somebody to date. <laughs> so, I, th- I Also, this is secretly racist against Italians. How dare you talk about how much hair Chris Antista has. So. I mean... <laughs> we we, we, we got to see the full Mario trailer to know who's the most secretly racist against Italian. Yeah. Actually, that, that's that's going to be the real reveal. Mario's going to disrobe five seconds into the trailer and just be covered by a suit of hair. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is how I'm going to look in the movie. Yes, I got I got the, the hair on my, the bottom of my feet and the roof of my mouth. It's crazy. <laughs> it makes his lack of an ass even more tragic because that just means it's all hair. There's like nothing <laughs> there, just mm-hmm. ass hair. True. Yeah. Look at my dad, baby gorilla. He wears a rash guard <laughs> in the water now to not, he said today, to not bother anyone because of how much hair he has. <laughs> well, you, you tell Man. that story about your dad at Universal getting his arm hair singed, I think, during yes. the Jaws thing. Yeah. And I'm well, like, yeah, but to be fair, his arm hair was like drifting 10 feet from the boat in the water. It, it was. <laughs> and it was and like, the shark robot was trying not to get tangled up in it. <laughs> yes. And it, it was like growing out to like four inches of cotton candy. <laughs> over his, his stupid guinea body. It, it was like Teen Wolf's arm hair, you know, just like kind of draping that, down there. That guy who is Teen Wolf's dad <laughs> is the hairiest guy I've seen until my dad. <laughs> and there, Wait, you, the, you'd seen that guy before you saw your dad? <laughs> yeah, there's a movie called About Last Night where uh, Wilma Flintstone, I forget her name, uh, fucks him. And he's just like, look at this fucking hair bastard, this hair monster. And he walks by and like, are you confusing Teen Wolf's dad with the coach that always chewed gum in that movie? No, I'm not confusing him with Craig T. Nelson, Mister Incredible. No, not Coach Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> um, no, I would I would never this late in the show derail yeah, anything. Please, new question of the week: What's your scariest water-related story? Uh, I think I've told this on here once, but I remember it years ago. So. I was visiting my grandparents, and uh, they had a pool in their backyard. I was pretty young, probably like three or four years old. And uh, I was terrified. They had a, a pool skimmer robot. So it was this 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 might have been the, the origin of my uh, fear of things underwater. 
and uh, it was it was I'm like getting, this little. I'm getting Chuck Palahniuk vibes. Of it, it was like a, uh, this yeah. this Roomba that would just float yeah. around the pool with these two hoses that would move like octopus arms or something, yeah. and they like whip you and they fucking hurt. yeah. And I remember my grandfather like taking that like, look, it's just hoses. Don't be afraid. And uh, yeah, I was, I was still pretty scared of it. But there was a moment where I was out in the backyard by myself, and the robot was not in the pool and so i just sort of waded in and all of a sudden i hit the deep end and like past past the shallows into the deep end and the water went over my head and i have a distinct memory of walking around in there and being able to breathe underwater whoa as i looking up at the the surface of the water and like i'm breathing okay and then all of a sudden a pair of hands grab me Pull me up out of there. The second I hit the air, I start coughing and spluttering and, and coughing up a ton of water. My, my dad had, like, jumped in the pool and grabbed me Michael and dragged me out. This, this split second of him, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, could, I yeah. can eat this but, all day. But I, I was angry. Like, I, I, could, I was fine until you pulled yeah. me out. What are you or doing? Name more reparism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, the weird thing is, like, I brought this up to my parents recently. And they're like, that never happened. Oh, what are you talking about? No, it, it, I don't remember that at all. I I think I'd remember that. And like, are you sure? Dude, like, I, how how is it? I have this very vivid memory because I think twice this episode I brought up things you guys said to me, and you don't remember even a little bit. Yeah, but I think my parents would remember me almost drowning. That's but, true. My, yeah, my dad remembers when I almost memory. drowned. Hmm. Yeah, Michael had a fucking the abyss moment. Yeah, and no one remembers <laughs> it. It's from an alternate timeline. You got to drink the yeah. pink stuff, man. It was a bear and stained bears. Exactly. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Mandela effect, man. So my scary moment. It was totally my fault. Don't don't do this. Um, I, I surf a lot as a younger man and stuff like that. And I was on vacation Rebra. several years ago in Hawaii, and I um, where I was surfing was out near Diamond Head. There's there's a lot of underwater reefs. Yeah, right about hang, there. hang ten. We all know. Thank, thanks, buddy. Um, so, and I, you know, thought I was far enough away from the underwater reefs to be safe. Turns out I wasn't. And so I, you know, got done riding wave, fell off the board or whatever. And I realized like, oh, fuck, I'm in the middle of the coral reefs and there are still waves coming. And oh, so shit. I. Oh, dude, you'll be shredded. Yes, I did get shredded. I So I, at one point, you know, I was basically just trying to get out of there as quickly as I could and trying to, like, duck and hide between the reefs when waves would come over and a few times did not succeed. And, like, yeah, my back got just dragged over coral reefs for a little bit. Oof. And every time that happened, I would just do nothing, just cover my head, like, okay, I can't take a head wound at this point, right? And fucking... It was one of those things where I'm like, okay, I'm not drowning and I'm not in deep water or anything, but mm-hmm. there's violent waves pounding me. And it was just yeah. a race to try to get out of the coral reefs as fast as I can without getting too fucked up in the process. And it's like, okay, don't do that, folks. Don't surf near coral reefs, even if you're a good surfer, because that shit will just – it's a cheese grater basically with your body. So yeah, you wanted it so bad, it's like ass in his mouth. Could, yeah, right. <laughs> it tastes like ass in my mouth. <laughs> Sure, that's what he said. I didn't even have a girl to rub aloe on it like the classic 80s surf flick North Shore. Mm -hmm. Rick Kane, bro. He's a friend of mine and of Chandler's. That's a quote from North Shore. Take my word for it. What is North Shore, man? What are you talking about? I've never heard of North Shore. You've never seen North Shore. Is it a reality show? What are you talking about? 
No, North Shore is, is an 80s movie. The, the premise... God damn it. We, we, might, we no, might have to no, 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 movie no. this The one. listeners will come correct if this is a good thing. The mm-hmm. premise of this movie, it is a surfer from Arizona <laughs> named right. Rick Kane. Who he's the way he's the surfer from Arizona is he wins a wave riding contest in a wave pool like a fucking fake waves right wins a contest to go to Hawaii's North Shore where he wants to learn how to actually surf the big waves and of course it's the story of like the Great White Hope in with the fucking Islanders the locals who hate him bra you know how do, how do I shred the Howard and destroy the Samoans it's it's. <laughs> It is so terrible, but yet you probably owe it to yourself to watch it. And ultimately, guess who? Oh, it also has Laird Hamilton, like who you know later became like this amazing athlete. He's the villain in the movie who like fucking cuts Rick Kane's leash. You gotta right watch now. North Shore, man. It's it's watch that terrible. It right it's now. good. Please hmm. do. Right. Anthony, Chris, Anthony, I want to hear a water story. I was I was sitting there trying to think of a scary water story. I mean, I. The first thing I could think of was there was a summer where I was actually taking swimming lessons at the at the local Y, and we had like these I guess you call them like the kickboards, paddleboards you can hold on to and kind of propel yourself through the water. And I was kind of getting used to just getting everything going and moving around, and then it was like cool. And like instructors like now you can just kind of go without it, and and I was so confident with that thing I was just zipping back and forth across the pool, and the minute I just let it go. I don't know what it was, whether I just freaked out and my body clenched up on me, but I felt like my entire torso became an anvil and my body just started like, I was just kind of like sinking. I just couldn't swim. It's like once I let go of the pedal board, it was just done. I, I, I'm not getting anywhere. I, I've had so many friends like, I can't swim. Like, you see this dog? The dog can't swim either. It's never had a lesson. But what it does yeah. is pretend to walk in water. Do that, you will swim. See, you, <laughs> you you will swim. you would think that, but maybe my mind freaked out so much. My body just didn't like cooperate. So I I felt like I was doing everything, doing all the motions, and like my entire middle just starts sinking. And once I realized I was in water, a little too deep where I couldn't stand up in it. One of my friends came over and got me, and he was like, "Hey, you're not in the deep end." I was getting close to it though. It's like you can you can get up. You're still okay. But he said, we all just watched you trying to do this, and you we did kind of see your body just started sinking. He's like, what were you doing? I'm like, I don't know what I was doing. My body just kind of, just naturally, it's like, no kickboard, nothing's happening, and I'm just <laughs> like a rock. No buoyancy. Yeah, it freaked me out. Just, yeah, I, I told that story last week of like, are you dead? I'm like, it's the ocean. I'm very buoyant in here because I'm fat. I can lie here on my back for... Like days before a helicopter finds me, it, it, uh, I don't get it. I don't get panicking in water. I'm so good with water. Uh, no, but my, my favorite I, I terrible it. memory: uh, I was a counselor at a camp when I was 15 years old, and I went back there. Um, I think 19 or 20, and I'm like, yeah, fucking rope swing. There's not going to be many rope swings around here anymore because like the. It, it, if you're not from Florida, people will hang up rope, rope swings and the city will take them down hmm. because they're dangerous and, you know, whatever. So, like, here's a rope swing and I just did the rope swing thing and, like, I, I, I called what I did to Spider-Man. I would 
go do a backflip and then pretend I'm thwipping something and then I fell in the water and then I'm just like making three inch eye contact with an alligator. Ah, whoa. Um, and like I, but I've been there before, and I've been—I I even had worked there at fifteen. Um, Three-foot alligators don't want to fuck with you. Uh, really, alligators don't really stop growing, and the bigger they are, the more they're willing to like. This guy might kill me, but I—I'm starving. I'm just gonna eat. <laughs> But Holy like, but like being that close to an alligator, uh, which I've been closer to an alligator, but just never in the water where like he has all the control, all the control. Right. Uh, a three foot alligator, I don't know, could grab me by the neck and drag me underwater. He might be able to do that. Yep. And uh, I, I almost cannonballed on him after a Spider Man move. Damn. I I mean I had the. <laughs> Not even close equivalent of that. I was swimming in a pool in Mexico, and there was like an iguana on the hotel property oh, that would go swim in the pool. Dude, I swam and I like came, They're the best. I came up out of the water, and I was face to face with an iguana, and I like shrieked, like like ah. you're like ah, and like swam away. <laughs> I was so not ah. expecting it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember iguana jumping in the pool in Puerto Rico, and it was just like, uh, can I touch him? And, and I did. Uh, didn't like, he didn't like it, but I tried to grab him by. I, I re, like it, it was a photo on my Instagram with my animator friend. We called it Super Splash Brothers. It was the the week after Smash Brothers came out. They <laughs> were playing Smash Brothers on 3DSs in a in a hot tub, and I'm like, we if we get an iguana in here, this picture will be like legendary. Nintendo will pay. <laughs> uh, and, and they were all over the around the pool, but I couldn't get them. I, I, yeah, I couldn't get them. To do them. Sorry. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to put a cold blooded animal in a hot tub. I'm guessing they <laughs> no, probably just, don't fucking dude, like those that. things. Were just jumping in the pool in the, yeah, that area that, of Puerto yeah, Rico. It's wild, man. It's fucking paradise, dude. Like it, it's worth it because iguanas don't bite you. Huh. They don't care. I think if they do, though, you don't want it to. They like, have a bacterial yeah, bite. Yeah, yeah, hmm. but. They, they really don't want to fuck with you. Yeah. I, w- I will throw out one quick piece of advice. Just if you're trying yeah. to help someone learn how to swim, never start with the sentence, we're going to start with the dead man's float. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Come sure. on. Yeah. I love the dead man's float. Yeah, it, Once it's I when, saw what it was, I felt better, but that's not a good start. It's so relaxing. It's so relaxing. You know. But, 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 Anthony, think of yourself as a helicopter in the Coast Guard and like, Oh, this person looks like they need my help. As opposed to all the people stranded in the ocean, the Coast Guard overlaps. I mean, I learned that I could do it. I was just like, can you call it something else? Then the helicopter comes down close, and I turn around and like, ha, I was just tricking you to lure you in close so my shark friend can jump up and eat your helicopter. Gotcha. True. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's your scariest water-related story? Uh, let us know. Go to vidgamepocalypse.com. Answer into the comments for episode 492. My God, we're edging close to 500. Uh, alternately, you can visit us on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer. Or you can ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. And uh, we'll collect and read the answers on next week's show. Anyway, that's been our show. Let's go with some plugs once again, Anthony. Uh, tell us about Bruce Wayne Brady. <laughs> you can uh, find me on Twitter, where I talk about movies and games, at Bruce Wayne Brady, and on Twitch, 
where uh, I've been streaming. Well, I just finished Yakuza Kiwami. Oh, nice. Oh, um, yeah. Not sure what I'm going to jump into next, but I usually stream on the weekends, Saturdays and Sundays, Twitch.tv. How about Kiwami 2? It's right there, right in front of you. Well, <laughs> but I, I call it like a dragon now. I was going to go true. back and play Zero. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Zero's I right. started yeah. with Kiwami. Yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I might do Zero next. But yeah, you can see me maybe streaming that on Twitch.tv slash Bruce Wayne Brady. Cool. Chris? Oh, I, I don't care. Just uh, thanks for your patronage and... Uh, Elm Street Nightmare is back. Uh, Go watch North Shore. Prove that I'm not no! hallucinating that movie. <laughs> that is the worst plug of the whole show. Like, go watch North Shore. It's 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 a joy to watch. So I'm going to send you guys dog. a link to the cover art, the good cover art, which seamlessly blends a woman's flowing hair in with a giant North Shore wave. Yes, you heard that correct, and it's amazing. Also, while you're at it, verify my memory of uh, almost drowning as a toddler so that Matt and I both know we're not from an alternate timeline. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I was there. I uh, saw listen it Listen to the last Netflix. unicorn episode to know that uh, hundreds of unicorns can emerge from the crashing ocean. Uh, oh, yeah. Last unicorn. Last oh, yeah. That. Uh, as always, you can visit us online at vigigampocalypse.com. Or on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, or follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparas, that's W I K I P A R A Z. Anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Obama in my closet? God, yes, please. It's a good-looking man. Yeah. Good-looking president. Yeah, could be good. Couldn't be a hotter president. Mm-hmm. So.